This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. East L.A. has a special place in Ricky Romero's heart. At a young age, Ricky had the obsession with being a professional baseball player. He accomplished just that in 2005 as the sixth overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft. With all the highs and lows that come with being a professional athlete, Ricky Romero walked away a much better and stronger person when his career was done. And I remember walking out and, and beyond sad and, and the funny part, and this is the, the kind of uh, attitude my mom has. She's like, why are you crying? You're about to be a millionaire in a week. <laughs> I tell that story all the time and everyone starts laughing. They're like, yo, that's something your mom would say, huh? I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to all our archives. My guests have ranged from boxing cut men, Olympic gold medal winners, and college basketball coach Jason Flowers. I can vividly picture it right now, me sitting at the, the dining room table eating cereal. Uh, it was either Frosted Flakes or Rice Krispies and asking my mom how I was going to go to college from a financial standpoint. I was probably first or second grade because nobody in our family had gone to college. You know, it, it was just not to overanalyze the deal. It was just being realistic. Um, but by that time, you know, you figure out you know, there's grants and there's financial aid and there's things to make, ways to make it happen. So not going to college was not an option. Go to justagoodconversation.com for all our archives. Let's take a quick break for our sponsor before diving into my conversation with Ricky Romero. I have got the great baseball player, Ricky Romero, at the beach. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm excited for this podcast. <laughs> I, I, there's, there's certain athletes that I have uh, been fortunate enough to photograph. You're one of them. I had you for three years in front of my lens. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but you got a sneaky smile. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it once or twice. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I remember this frightened freshman who was like just following all the other guys and getting there and you sat down and it's like I looked at your freshman mugshot last night because I'm prepping for the show and I'm like, <laughs> oh, this kid was having the time of his life. He was terrified. Frightened is the correct word. <laughs> It, it really is. I always talk about this all the time because I grew up in a Mexican community, very Latino uh, based out of East Los Angeles. Right. So the first time you're going to school, the first day you step foot, I step foot at Cal State Fullerton. I was like, oh, my goodness, the diversity, you know, and you start seeing right. different cultures and, and stuff like that. I didn't sign my letter of intent till june so i really I, yeah, late it's really late so i didn't know where i was going i didn't know where my senior year was when it was going to take me nowadays kids know you know at the age of 13 i see it seems right. like like they know where they're going to school i'm going here regardless <laughs> yeah. yeah so for me it was like everything was different um i didn't know much i was pretty naive i was just i wanted to play baseball that's that's all i knew like but that I was it for you right that was it yeah now by default especially in a Mexican household it's soccer and then mm-hmm. it's baseball mm-hmm. was there any soccer in your no so my, dad's was like my dad and it led from my uh mom my my grandpa from my mom's side big baseball guy so he it's almost like it trickled it was in my Dodger blood. fans 
Dodger fans. Right. Yeah, they were Dodger. Did they fans. get caught up in the Fernando mania? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was big. That during, overtook. Yeah, that was big during that time. Um, my mom still talks about her being at church and the priest talking about the Kirk Gibson walk off. You know, like she says at the end of the that she always tells the story, and I'm like, you've told me like a million times what the priest said. She 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 says that the priest at the end of church was like, or at the end of mass was like, and go Kirk Gibson, you know, and. So, I, yeah, it was a big deal during that time. I, I was, what, four years old, I think. Three, yeah, th- three, four years old yeah, in 88. Squirt, yeah, So, I, I obviously, I don't remember it, but I do remember getting $6 tickets and my dad taking my sister and I to to sit in the in the pavilion all the time at Dodger Stadium. And I always sat there, and, and I feel like at a very young age, I watched the game differently because I always wondered what it would be like you know, everyone as a kid when they play baseball, oh, do you want to play in the big leagues? Yeah, I want to play. But sure. I always like sat there and I was like, I wonder what it would be like to be shagging batting practice. Like those little things like that. I'd sit there and I'd watch Daryl Strawberry, Eric Davis, you know, those guys. Those are the guys that were uh, that were with the Dodgers when I was growing up. And, uh, and, and Eddie Murray, like all those guys. So I'd sit there and I'd watch and I was like. I wonder what it's like to be in the clubhouse. I wonder what it's like to to be a big leaguer. So those those thoughts always crossed my head. Not that I knew I was going to be a big leaguer because obviously once you're in the business, you're like, this is tough. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, I always I always felt like I was like, this is cool. Like to come and watch these guys go to work. Like these guys do it on a daily basis. Like I, I the, the the question was always, I wonder what it's like. Right. It was. It's got to be unbelievably like overwhelming to have like a fan base, a Hispanics fan base that absolutely just loves the Dodgers and you growing in a very dominant, like it's 99% mm-hmm. East LA mm-hmm. Hispanic. Yeah. It's almost by default. You're a Dodger fan. Yeah. And then your dad loves baseball. You love baseball and you were a grinder early. Mm-hmm. Like how, how was that for you to be kind of, and when I read the, these things, like to be slightly odd amongst your peers where you would rather go play baseball, batting practice, swing, everything all the time and not anything else. Like, yeah, that's and, and you know what? And and now knowing what I know now, obviously, I, I preach to my kids, let's play as many sports as we can. Right. And I know I, I seems that seems to be the hot topic right now. That, sure. Yeah, let them let, let them play whatever they want. But for me and I'm just different. Right. <laughs> I wanted to play baseball all the time. Like if my dad had a Sunday league game, I was there with them. I learned how to keep score at like the age of seven. I knew how to do ball strikes, <laughs> one, one B with yeah. the line. And I knew, I, I knew how to do that. Like they sat me down one day and they're like, you really want to learn? I was like, yeah, I want to learn. And I learned it quick. Next thing you know, I was a scorekeeper for the team on Sundays, you know, for where, whatever league my dad was playing in. But I always was so addicted to the game. I want, if, if we were, if my dad was, he was usually, he was my coach till about my freshman year of high school, maybe okay. or maybe once I was done with high school. I'm I'm not sure, but if he was in a meeting for for our baseball team, I was outside in the tennis courts either throwing a ball or or hit with the bat in my hand. It was just I was just wired differently. I just wanted baseball and I wanted to get better and I and I love being out there. I love playing catch. I love taking BP. I love all that stuff. That 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 was a cool part for me. Are you the oldest of the siblings? I am. Okay, so it's two sisters and a younger brother? Or how does... Uh, it's me, my sister, my brother, and then a little sister. Okay. Yeah. So did they pick up that kind of 
laser focus? No, no, so, no. They they were they were each their own uh, their own uh, person. Uh, I felt I feel like, yeah. I again I feel like I was just different, and and it had built a special relationship between my dad and I because it's funny. I got to throw out the first pitch in in the Roosevelt alumni game this past weekend, yeah. and my middle my middle son Diego was with me next to me and and I sent the video to my dad and my dad's like wow it's like just brought flashbacks of you chasing me and I was like that's so cool because I throw out the first pitch and you just see him running behind me and it's like <laughs> yeah it, it, it kind of gives you chills right I mean you just start thinking about those those moments that that are special and I was like that to me was the coolest part getting to experience that with them they still sit there and wonder like Daddy, why why are you signing a ball? Or Daddy, why do people want to take a picture with you? So right. they still they're still trying to process right. that because they're so young. Yeah. Still, right? <laughs> yeah, and I didn't have any kids while I was in the big league. So to them, when I go back to Toronto and people like ask me for a picture or ask me for an autograph, they're like, Daddy, why do why do people want you to sign up a baseball? Yeah, you're yeah. just dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the oldest one is kind of catching on a little bit, like. You know, if, if somebody comes and talks to us about baseball, he'll, the first thing he's like, my daddy played for the Toronto Blue Jays, like right <laughs> away, you know. But I still feel like they haven't really processed it, and they probably never will till they're a little older. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's cool to be able to share those moments with them. Yeah, the, the Internet's going to, like, expose your child yeah. to, like, wow, my mm-hmm. dad is a stud. Yeah. Oh, and my mom's and, pretty damn yeah. good, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and that's, that, that's the other part. Like, I always tell – like, I – you know, I'm not one to talk about myself. My mom was like, do you realize mommy played in the Olympics, the World right. Cup, and all that stuff? And we, uh, our middle one, Diego, had a, sh- a sh- Friday share. You know, they have share at school, and, and they had to take something Olympic-related. So I printed out, m- mom didn't want this, but I printed out a picture of her in the Olympics against Team USA. They're, they're playing Team USA. Yeah, right. And, and you can tell she's going for, they're both going for the ball. And I was, and so he went to school and said, this is my mommy. The other one is the bad guy. <laughs> and he was like very, very adamant about it. He's like, that's the bad guy. And the teacher texted us. He's like, Diego just came and told us that, that, that your opponent was the bad guy. And nobody could get him out of that. He kept saying it was a bad guy. It was mommy versus the bad guy. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I like I said, if, if, if I can teach them about what mommy was able to do, because mommy hates talking about herself. I think we're both in the same position. We don't like talking about ourselves and our accomplishments. But uh, I think it's important for our kids to know what, sure. what we're able to do. Do you think a little bit of that is because you guys had kids after your career, not during? Yeah, maybe. Because may, may. you never dragged the kids to spring training. Yeah. Or, uh, Only the first one. Part. The first one probably like, experienced it at a very young age. Yeah. Yeah, he pro- he doesn't yeah, even he's remember. not like, going to recall. I have pictures here in my man cave of him running the bases with me. And he's like, <laughs> when did I do that? Yeah, you know? he's clueless. He, yeah, clueless. So they never saw mom play either. No, so no. it's that experience that they weren't really around. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think that's probably why we just kind of sit back. It's your second life. Yeah, we'll... we'll, we'll it, there'll come a time when they'll realize like what we're what we accomplish we in have our two life. Gifted parents, yeah, <laughs> they actually know something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so where, where where did you start to feel? This term's kind of horrible. Your superiority in baseball, like, was it 10, 11, 12? You were starting to feel like I'm pretty damn gifted amongst my group. You know what? I think it was my sophomore year of college. Oh come on! Yeah. It's where I kind of your numbers though. I know, 
I, I knew when I did what I did in high school, my senior year, I was like, okay, like this might get me a trip to maybe a junior college. Right. Obviously, then next thing you know, you have D1 schools knocking on your door before the rules used to be a little bit different. It right. was a little bit more of a free for all. You had guys calling you, coaches calling you left and right. And um, I always uh, tell this story. I wanted to go to USC. Um, again, Latino, Southern California, East LA, you know, Dodgers and, you know, USC baseball. And, uh, and the coaches or the assistant coach, the recruiting coordinator was always in my living room, like once a week, like, Hey man, we got to get you here. Yada, yada, yada. We got to, you're, you're going to be a big part of this program and I'm hyped up. That's the only school recruiting me at the time. Really? Yeah. Nobody really knew about me yet. And I I talked to coach Toronto all the time about it. Mm -hmm. He's like, when the LA times article came out, I was like, we need to get this kid here. But this is prior to that, you know, and uh, Andy Nieto had a had a good relationship with our with our head coach there at Roosevelt at the time. And he was in the living room, living room. And we were always so overwhelmed. We're like, wow, USC's at our house in East L.A. Like, what are the odds of that? So we got I got hyped on it. I took a recruiting trip there and may he rest in peace. But <laughs> um, Coach uh, Gillespie wasn't very welcoming <laughs> and old school right yeah yeah like we sat i still i tell the story all the time we sat at a table for lunch they they gave me a tour i finally get to meet him we sit down he sits on one side and i'm on the other side and i'm just next to coach andy nieto and i'm like okay like you know this is this is kind of weird like he's trying to recruit me why 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 are we not getting to know each other again i'm still kind of don't know much about what's going on. Yeah, the recruiting process. process. Yeah, I'm, right? I'm more just like, whoa, look where I am. And um, they offered me a pretty good scholarship, but I still had to come up with money, uh, with money out of my own pocket, and I couldn't afford that at the time. Right. Like if people don't understand, there's no full ride. Yeah. Like, or there's not enough to be full ride. Exactly. Exactly. And it was it was thirteen seven or something like that. Baseball's got like this weird yeah, number. Yeah. 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 Some something like that. And again, really good scholarship, especially. USC sure but I was like I the last thing I want to do is be in debt or put my parents in debt I feel like I've worked hard enough to where I kind of just want them to just sit back and watch so then next thing you know you know the Arizona's come knocking the LMU's come knocking and they're offering you know pretty pretty good scholarships like hey yeah come here obviously not to the level of a USC degree as we like to say but then here comes Cal State Fullerton (laughs) you know and and but that was not your first experience with Fullerton. I read in that letter that your dad took you to the campus right, yeah. as a child. As a child. And you were on that campus. Yeah. Did that somehow kind of like this weird, like it, surreal year later, years later? Years later. Yeah. It's funny you bring up that story. Yeah. You I, were like I, a small, very small. Very small. My dad used to be a sewing uh, repair repairman. He used to fix sewing machines. And uh, they had. How did he, you get with him just day off of school. day off of school yeah and he's like hey i have a work at this school come with me and sometimes i would go with him to work and, and it wasn't one of those where he has to report to work and he had a good relationship with his bosses so he he took me we go and he gets done doing his work we drive i still remember vividly because i know the ramp you know the ramp right, right there leading up to the field so we come in through the middle of the school go up the ramp and then down the ramp through the left field wall and he's like go check out the field and and i the, the the gate was open so i go in and i'm shy and i'm i start looking around and somebody says hey you can't be in here and i was the like the stadium right. must be new at that point yeah what well, was it like 
Is that 90? 96, like, maybe 97, 94. Yeah, it's new. That's yeah. a new stadium. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Oh, I was like, yeah. I've never seen anything this big, you know, other than Colorful, Dodger Stadium. Colorful, right? Yeah. yeah. And my dad says, I still remember your face. You came back really, really sad. And all I said was, one day you're going to pitch here. And we're sitting there, you know, eight years later, and there I am on that mound. And it was, it's, it's surreal to me. And I'm like, what the hell do you know? You know, what, what do you know that I didn't know at the time, you know? And he said he just saw it at a young age. He just saw how I determined and, and, and the work ethic and, and how I just love baseball. But again, who the hell predicts that their son, when we know nothing about division one baseball, that one day he's going to be pitching for right. State Fullerton. So yeah, when they came knocking, my dad dragged me to that recruiting trip dragged me. I was like, no dad, I want to go to USC. Like, like, come on dad. Like, no, he's like, let's just go and check it out. Let's just go. It doesn't hurt. We're not, we're not, we're not committing to anything, right. but it's good to see other options. I walk into that school. I meet coach Horton. I meet, I meet coach Vanderhook and coach Dave Serrano, who were the three that were there at the time mm-hmm. sold within like, we got in that car and I told my dad, this is where I want to come. Now, what was the sell? It just felt, I think, the welcoming part, you know, and it blue collar. Like, that's what I saw right away. Like, I was like, whoa, this is, this is, this school is, one is small. I, I, if I'm going to leave uh, East LA, I don't want to be at USC where there's, the campus is humongous. Right. It was small, compact. But I think it was like, talking to chad cordero who was the guy who took me around and sean martin spidey you, oh you had those two those as your two. Cha- oh yeah good so they Lord. took me around the school i never stayed overnight or right anything. but that's a great two to chaperone yeah. you yeah two yeah. pitchers you chad know, cordero at Chad's, the time is the best reliever oh in the God. country yeah so they took me around and and it the way they 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 welcomed me um talking to coach horton talking to coach vanderhoek and serrano they they made me feel like i was part of that program already so that was that was the sell. And it's not like Fullerton was coming off good years. Um, they were coming off bad years or a bad season that season. Right. No, 02 was a huge yeah, disappointment. Huge disappointment. Yeah. And 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 but I started seeing like the the, the was it 01? Yeah, 01. 01. They were at the World Series as the number one against Nebraska. That was the year yeah. they played in Nebraska. Yeah. So I started seeing those pictures and I was like, whoa, that, that can be me. You know, obviously, I still had a lot. I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it, but what came ahead, there was still a lot of work to be done in between that time. But I got in that car. I told my dad, I think this is where I want to come. And he started laughing. He now, was, what point is this in your high school uh, like year? Ooh, that was a... Uh, Have you started your baseball season as a oh, senior? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so yeah. you're into the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was done with the season almost. So you're May? Done. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it, it's like... That's how late it was. Like uh, during season, I didn't That's really. Unheard of now. <laughs> unheard of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So many guys go into their season year done, mm-hmm. signed, locked up. Yeah. Just don't get injured. Yeah. Yeah. And and what clicked for you your senior year? Because you left Garfield, mm-hmm. and then went to Roosevelt. Confidence, I think. Confidence and and trusting in the work that I was putting in. Did you develop as a, your body? Or just I think mentally? I was still small because okay. I look at pictures. Of it now, and I I feel like I was still pretty a, 
I had never lifted a weight. My first time in a weight room lifting a weight was my first year at Cal State Fullerton, which we, is also which is also unheard of now. Right? Oh guys, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You'd be in a CrossFit yeah. class. You'd be yeah. doing this and hot yoga. Yeah. And I didn't know anything. All I knew was I'm going to play long catch, and that's it. That's all I knew, you know. And I just want a glove and a ball. That's it. And so when I got to Fullerton, that's where I started putting weight. And obviously, I had to put weight because right. it was it was just like, hey, it's time to catch on. Well, you're playing with but that. I, but yeah. I, w- I didn't feel like I was behind anybody. Like, I felt like, all right, I got to learn this stuff. So it was just completely natural. Yeah. That was an unbelievable class that you were in. Mm-hmm. Because there's these weird, like young Fullerton connections like mm-hmm. Justin Turner's a ball boy and he's warming up mm-hmm. Mike Greenlee in the bullpen mm-hmm. right and, and then like you having your little experience with your dad if your dad doesn't take you that day you know you have school you don't go there's that weird connection mm-hmm. that doesn't happen mm-hmm. it's interesting when I talk to former Fullerton players they've had those kind of my dad took me I yeah. randomly went yeah. I, I met a coach mm-hmm. it's unbelievable that yeah and that's kind of how, yeah, it just, that's, it's crazy because, yeah, once you went in there, and you know a little bit about this, Matt, you 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 you, you, you saw those teams and you you saw the camaraderie. Oh. It's almost like the, it, I was like, this is me. This is, this is exactly where I want to be. This is where I need to be. Right. And I remember making that call to Coach Serrano and saying, hey, Coach, I've made a decision and I've decided to come here to Cal State Fullerton. And he was ecstatic. He's like, Ricky... You've made my year. You've made the next, hopefully, three years. Like, we're going to get you right. I'm so excited for what the future holds for you. Again, I didn't know what the future was going right. to hold for me at the time. But, um, yeah, I mean. Uh, well, I would sit around the cages, right? So I'm shooting BP, and I would yeah. always ask, oh, what do you got? Who's coming? You know, sometimes recruits would be in the dugout, mm-hmm. and Dave would say, said to me, we got a guy, a lefty, and he's got a 12-6, <laughs> and it's sweet. And I'm like, really? He goes, oh, man. He goes, I want this kid so bad. Yeah. It's like, you know, Dave's a guy that loves a meal. And at mm-hmm. that moment, I looked like he had pork chops in his yeah. eyes. He was so excited. <laughs> just like, oh, this kid's yeah. great. Yeah, this it, kid was you. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because I looked back at that and I was such a late signee. And you hear about the Justin Turner's red, uh, Danny Dorn. Danny Dorn. Late signees. Absolute signees. stud. Yeah, late signees too. And we came in. Our class was legit, man. I mean, Ryan Shreppel, Sean Scobie, oh, yeah. Neil Walton, Ro- Bobby Andrews. They were coming in as the hyped-up guys. We were kind of the – they were the, the, right. the, the cream they, of the those crop. Those tiers. The, yeah. Yep. And then we were the tier below, and which was totally fine. But the cool part about it is we all got along so well. Like, it was – there was never – the competition within the field, obviously, is going to happen. Sure. Yeah, you're trying to beat out. You're trying to win a job. This and that happens. But off the field, we were all such great friends that it was like – this is this is cool. This is why I came to Cal State Fullerton to to experience these kind of moments and and to this day, you know, obviously you see Neil back there coaching and right. you know him and I text back and forth. You see Ryan Shreppel, this past alumni game. I hadn't seen him in a long time, and it's like we haven't missed a beat. So it's like you know when I talk to Danny all the time, it's like it's it's a brotherhood, and I feel like it, I people always ask me why why do you go back to the Cal State Fullerton alumni games, and I'm like, you guys need to come see how many guys actually come back. It's oh about God, 100, yeah. 120 guys are like, no way. I was like, 100%. And that, to me, it tells me everything that Cal State Fullerton Baseball stands for. Yeah. I mean, and you're getting guys from the early oh, yeah. 70s. Yeah. So they're literally yeah. in their 70s, mm-hmm. could be, to guys who are only a year out. Yeah, yeah. When you get a Phil Nevin, when you get a Mark Kotze, those guys were competing. 
when I was a freshman, you know, or when I was yeah. a sophomore, and they're coming and take Reed Johnson. I mean, uh, a guy I looked up to when I was at Cal State Fullerton. Why? Uh, why? Because I heard his story and the, the the stuff he overcame and and how he got to the big leagues and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, when you su- when you see these guys coming back and and even now, you're just like, holy smokes! Like this is so cool. It's like a big giant party for one day. Do you think the upperclassmen did a good job for you, to, like to get you guys? freshman comfortable in the program 100 percent. it's funny you say that because i was just ta- talking to dorney a couple of days ago and i was like remember our freshman year when we came in and we didn't know anything and there was uh the shane costas mm-hmm. of the world the chad corderos of the world the kyle boyers of the world like they came in and they embraced us they 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 it was never like oh they're trying to come in here and, and take our job it was more like these guys are gonna help us you know right and also it, it i was like it it helped that you, Danny, and Red came in and were starters your freshman year. You know, I was kind of still on the outside looking right. in. I was our staff. I still say in 2003, that was the most talent or 2000. Yeah, 2003. 2003. Most talented team I've ever been a part of at Cal State oh Unbelievable. It oozed talent from top to bottom, pitching staff, everything. We had it all. And to this day, it still kills me that we didn't win a national championship <laughs> with that team. Because you that, should have back to back. Yes. Yes, 100%. I say it all the time. I'm like, that was the most talented team. The team that won it was probably the least talented oh, out of the three years. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, and, and that's no disrespect. No as far, disrespect. But, Abs- but obviously we were talented, but... It's matchups mm-hmm. and injuries mm-hmm. and whatnot, but yeah. absolutely. I mean, yeah. think about who's closing for you mm-hmm. guys, locking up the door mm-hmm. on games for you in yeah. 03. Yeah. Who else would you want? Yeah. Yeah, and and you look at the pitching staff, and you look at the, the lineup. hitters. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, so, G- so guys who got buried, mm-hmm. in, like who's this? You know, PJ or Kurt Suzuki. Like those guys had to scrap to get mm-hmm. time. It yeah. was stacked, stacked. And then again, I was, and so we were talking about how Shane Costa is the one that kind of. There were the ones that were coming to our place and say, "Hey, we're gonna party with you guys," and we're like, <laughs> "All right, let's go." You know, so the way they embraced us was awesome, and and. And uh, that's and, great. And and I feel like the upperclassmen did such a good job that we almost paid it forward to the lower classmen, you know. Right. And 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 or when we were upperclassmen yes. to the lower classmen that were coming in, we we paid it forward and we said, hey, this is what it's all about here. And and you come here to go to Omaha. We don't come here as the preppy school and the we're gonna we have the best stuff. It was like we have three uniforms, we have a small clubhouse. But when we got on that field, we know we're going to kick your ass. Right. That's that's the mentality we always had. Right. It's I've always been impressed with like, yeah, you played three years. But when as a junior, the guys behind you, like those teams you played with, there was a lot of real great talent, Mm -hmm. but it never like nobody ever walked around like the man. Mm -hmm. There was no clicks. No. It was so well, we are a team, period. Yeah. End of discussion. Mm-hmm. And I always love that about you guys. Yeah. And and, it, and I think it started, we talk about that 2002 team that, that struggled really bad. And that was coming, that when I was coming in as a freshman in 2003, it was, they were coming off a disappointing year. Oh, yeah. And I remember I could not wait to get one of those Cotton Titan baseball shirts. And that was the year that they said, hey, for fall ball, you guys are going to wear plain gray t-shirts. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah. We wore plain gray t-shirts and they're like, if you want to earn that name, you better work hard for it. And I was like, whoa. Like, so 
<laughs> I was coming here because I wanted a shirt. Like, I couldn't wait to get this shirt. And now they got all this fancy gear. But anyways, like, you, you wanted that shirt. That's that's how much it meant to, like, to wear the Titan logo across your chest. And that was one of the hardest conditioning years of my life because they were coming off a tough year and they're like they were making us earn it and you know it's funny how the bar is so high at fullerton mm -hmm. we call it a tough year they still made the playoffs and they lost at stanford Mm -hmm. because that was the first september 11th travel restrictions Mm -hmm. so we had to play at stanford against fresno and long beach so they put basically all of california up at shocker right and then that we still say it was a disappointing year yeah. because the year prior they went to the World Series. Yeah. And that's, that, like you said, that's the mentality that right. Casted Fullerton had. It was, we're, if we don't get to Omaha, it's a bust. It's a bust. It's a bust. And, and, and I, yeah, that year was the most challenging year of my baseball career because, one, I had never lifted weights. Two, I had never ran the way that we used to run. <laughs> <laughs> and, and three, it was a completely new system for me. I wasn't used to any of that, and 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 adjusting to it, it took me a while. It, it you know, you trying to come come up with a routine. Obviously, I wasn't pitching a lot. I was kind of like I mentioned earlier on the outside looking in. I was looking up to the to the older guys, to the Derek Merrills of the world. You know, I think uh, West Littleton was yep. another guy that was big time during that time. Um, and I'm kind of sitting there and, and just learning, trying to soak it all in, but everything was still kind of moving fast for me, you know, and, and coming out of the bullpen was completely different because I had never done it, but and I you was, did a lot of Tuesday starts, right? I Pepper did Dines, some, I, I did some. Yeah. And, and I had one, I remember, I think I had one start where I kind of went off and it kind of started, the wheels kind of started spinning a little bit on my side and, but it's, I still wasn't completely there, but again, I made every travel uh, for those that don't know they you get 25 guys to travel on the roster and I made every single travel roster because I was still part of so that part I was like I'm proud of that you know like okay. it, it, this is a tough team to break into and if, if if I'm traveling with the team it's because they see something in me so I got to make the trip to Omaha uh, when we lost to Rice those those two games uh, in the semifinal game and I'll never forget it was. Uh, we lost the last game of that year, and it's me, Red, and Danny, and we're sitting on the top step just looking at the celebration. And Hookie came up to us and said, "Remember that picture. Remember that picture because you guys have to. You guys are going to be the ones that lead this charge next year." And we sat there and we like looked at each other like, "Okay," like, and then we go inside. And you see the Shane Costas, the Kyle Boyers, and the Chad Corderos, and the Derek Merrills. Those guys crush, you know, in tears. We start crying. We're freshmen, you know. Everyone's like, yeah, you guys got two more years here. But we felt awful for those guys because they had embraced us so well. And we felt like they were our brothers and they were leaving us, you know. The, obviously, the draft and all that stuff, you lose guys. And, yeah, so we came in with a different mentality the following year. But... It was still a challenge for me. Red and Danny had already earned their spots. I was still trying to feel my way into that rotation. And I tell this story all the time. Um, sophomore year, fall ball, um, Coach Serrano has uh, kind of like a report card with every guy. Yes. In front of everyone. Yeah. And he comes up to me and he's like, hey, man, you've had a tough fall. It's kind of been disappointing. But, uh, yeah, like I, I've been really disappointed in your progress. So 
for now you're going to be heading back to the bullpen and 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 try and work yourself see if you can work yourself back in, in in a rotation because i was supposed to be coming in as possibly a rotation guy and it stung i'm not gonna lie it stung and i tell coach all the time that story i'm like remember when you told me that and he he remembers it really really good and but again instead of saying like okay i'm gonna feel sorry for myself i said what do i have to do to be better what do i have to do to be able to crack this rotation. I didn't come here to be in the bullpen. I came here because I want to be a starter. Right. And injuries happen and all that stuff. And you, rem- I don't know if you remember, we started in Stanford. Yep. Jason Windsor goes, goes down. Dustin Miller goes down. So that's two rotation spots. And Coach Toronto turns to me and says, you ready? And I was like, thank goodness I stayed ready. I could have be- easily been like, you know what? This ain't for me. I'm out. I kept working, kept working, kept working to where I could slow the game down. Um, and and that year, it didn't start really well. Uh, we have so many injuries. But I stuck in that rotation. We will go on to win the national championship. I go on Team USA, and my name starts getting thrown at as a possible first-round type pitcher. So it's it's crazy how things work out sometimes in, in your career. And, and, I, and, I, and I tell young kids this, like, don't ever, like, just because a coach says, hey, you, you failed at this, find ways to figure out how you can get better. Right. You know, just don't don't tuck your head in between your legs and be like, oh, poor me. You know, that's the one thing that that uh, Coach Horton was really, really good at. Like, don't feel sorry for yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and point the finger at yourself. What do I have to be better at? And 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 that part has always stuck with me. And, and I thank Coach Horton and Coach Serrano and all that whole staff, like, they made me not only into the person, but to the ball player that I wanted to be. And and credit to, to may he rest in peace to Ken Revisa. He was a huge part of me being able to slow myself down. Everyone saw the talent. And Did he every- really work with you, Ken? Oh, yeah. A lot. Even in the big leagues. Yeah. Yeah. We used to talk. We would see each other and we would talk about you all the time. All the time. And, I, I mean, he used to live not too far from right. from here. And, and, and I used to go to his house and everything. <laughs> and we'd sit there and shoot shoot talk shop and and stuff like that so um but yeah like everything was like the day i was a everyone would always say you ooze so much talent but the day you figure it out that's when it's gonna turn around for you they said that in college and they said that in minor league ball i never knew what it was i was like really like because i'm not seeing it like what the hell is going on (laughs) but um well here's an important side that you know we, we forget how were you as a student, right? You're coming in from high school to college is a huge adjustment. And as an athlete, mm-hmm. you got this double responsibility. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? Did you take to the, the importance of time management in the college life? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I you know what? Um, my parents have a lot to do with that. Um, they, they, they always made sure, Hey, you're going to go play, but do you have homework? You got to get this done. School comes first. So they were they were always on me about school, 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 and preached it so much. Um, so I felt like in that part, I came in ready. I was always scared to bring in bad grades to my household. So I felt like when I went into college, I was like, all right, what is it that I need to do to be successful? And how can I separate both? Because it is different. It's a different schedule. You're practicing right after school till about 5, 6 o'clock. And you come home, you're tired, you're hungry. But you still... if. Uh, I said, if I dedicate about an hour, hour and a half to this, then I, I can get it done quick. Right. So I, I feel like that in that part, um, I adjusted well. It wasn't like it was a struggle. Um, 
the work might have been a little different, obviously, uh, a little harder. But at the same time, I feel like, um, you know, you have certain guys in your classes that you're able to like that are your teammates that you're able to talk about the, the, right. this type of stuff. So that that part wasn't a like a huge adjustment for me. I felt like I adapted pretty well to yeah. that. His baseball's baseball's weird where you can lose a Tuesday class because you got a game in Pepperdine. And then if you're traveling, you might be leaving on Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday, depending yeah. on where we're going. So you lose the weekend and you're, you're trying to do homework. It's baseball's tough on, on a student. Yeah, it can be, it can be. And, and, and <clears throat> John Smith is the only guy I've ever seen on the road studying <laughs> that was it and guys used to give him crap <laughs> john smith is also a really smart guy he never taught me that first base his first uh that pick off I, I always tell him how come you never taught it to me and he always laughs but i heard it was amazing it was amazing <laughs> it was amazing but um yeah no I, like i said yeah you're right i mean it, the school part still yeah when you're on the road but i, I think it 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 helps when you uh, build relationships with your professors. If you're not an a-hole about stuff and you're actually taking care of business, they make it easier on you. Right. Obviously, if you're that guy that doesn't show up to class and and it's not doing the work that's supposed to be done, then they probably give you a harder time. But I, I always made sure that um, I didn't know this, obviously, my freshman year. But like as I went along, I was like, OK, build a relationship with these with these professors if there's extra hours that you you can go into their office and talk to them and let them know what's going on and some may understand some may not you know but at least the word is out there and and if you have to go on a road trip they can give you the work that needs to be done um <clears throat> at the end of the day uh the coaches always made sure there was an hour of study hall at, at some point during that road trip and, right and you get to get do work and that's where i would kind of take advantage of certain things that i needed to get done classroom wise right when Oh, four is happening and things are kind of going sideways. Mm -hmm. I forgot what it was at some point, like 13 and 15 mm -hmm. or it was, it was a mess. Yeah. You're, you're pitching well though. Mm -hmm. Jason comes back. Mm -hmm. Things are then start to really catch fire and go well. Mm -hmm. As we get, and we're going against Long Beach and that three headed monster. And there's that that series where Fullerton only needs to win one game. Yeah, that was a towards the end of the year. Yeah, towards the end of the year. We you actually know? talked about this, Coach Horton. And yeah, I. and I've heard Coach talk about it a couple times. I've heard it from uh, from Weaver's side. Mm -hmm. Man, that you could still put a fire in it. He that he hated. Oh yeah, the, how that went oh, down. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because it went extra innings and Jason stayed and he got pulled. Yeah, yeah. Still, the one of the greatest games I've ever watched. Ever. In college. Unbelievable. I don't think anybody can top that game. Oh, my God. Those two guys went at each other. Because uh, Jared was the best pitcher in the country. I, I mention it all the time. I'm like, you guys, you can throw me any name out there. Um, other than Jason Windsor, obviously, I, who I hold to the top of the top. Right. Because you know, of they what put he like Mark, to, Mark Pryor up yeah, there. And stuff. No. I'd take Jared Weaver. Yeah. And they, uh, Andrew Miller. Yeah. They used to, Jared Weaver was amazing. Like, he was unhittable. Did you? I, I was at Irvine yesterday, and I was telling him, I was like, who's your Friday starter? And they're like, oh, this guy, Mike. I said, have him look up uh, Weaver's home opener against Air Force in 04. He went complete game two hitter and struck out 17. <laughs> I felt so bad for those cadets. Like, yeah. he was just on fire. Nasty. And when him and Jason went at it that night, it was magic. The greatest. The greatest game I... I always mention that game. I'm like, I wish there was a, 
ESPNU classic of that game. And so, it happened at Long Beach. Yeah, it happened in Long Beach, yeah. But let me rewind a little bit to that. Yeah, you're right. We were about 13 and 15, 14 and 15. We were on pace to be the worst Cal State Fullerton baseball team in the history. We would hear it every day from our coaches <laughs> and, you know, and 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 we I, we go to the University of Texas. I don't know if you remember yes, that trip. We yeah. go there. We get smoked. And, and I remember – we lose, and Coach Horton's so mad at us. And uh, a coach, one of the Texas coaches says, hey, Coach, we'll see you in Omaha. And, he, and he, his reply was, we'll, we'll, we'll be watching on TV. And I heard it, and I came back to the guys, and I was like, did this guy just say this? We'll be watching on TV? What the? I don't know if I'm allowed you to cuss. You can cuss all you want because <laughs> it's, it's a cussable moment. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, our own damn coach is not believing it stung, in us. It didn't it? Oh, yeah. It stung big time. So everyone catches wind of it, and we are, we're, we're pissed like, at this point. We're like, okay, what is it that we got to do? So we come home, and we have a meeting. Just players in the dugout, and guys are in each other's faces. They are, like, letting each other have it. They're, they're you got to do this better, and you got to do this better, and you're not that good of a leader, and you're not either. And I'm just sitting back, and I'm like, well, we, it's a Tuesday game. We got to play University of San Diego, the, the, the Tor- Toreros. Yeah that night and we're like all right everything good everyone's cool all right cool all right now we can go ahead and let's make our let's make our jump like this is where we're gonna go we get destroyed that night by San Diego. i wish matt you had a, maybe pictures of that day i don't know if you didn't i i do and it was bad and and we were probably we were sitting in the dugout i remember sitting there and i looked to my right and i looked to my left and i was like oh my god we're really not that good. We are really. We just had this team meeting where we we let everything out. We bonded. We got together. We got up and we're like Titans on three. Titans. Everyone's jacked up. We're gonna kick San Diego's ass. Boom! They come and whoop us. <laughs> and and we're kind of sitting there like, what was it? What was missing at that point? I think well that meeting had a lot to do with it. Obviously, it wasn't gonna change within right in thirty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> an hour, we're hour and a half. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> I think after that meeting, it kind of loosened everyone up. We got healthy. Um, we get Jason back. We get Dustin Miller back. And we go into Big West play, and we just destroy everyone. And we start kind of – we hit our stride. It was one of those things. That it's kind of like how you see in baseball. The It's always the wild card team right at the end that yeah. catches fire, and they just kind of figure it out. Because they've been fighting mm-hmm. for their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so then, yeah, we go – we're one win away from winning the Big West Championship. Again, you're, like you mentioned, Weaver, Ramos, Jason Vargas. We got myself, uh, Windsor, and who was the third guy? Was it Mike Martinez? It was Mike Martinez. Mike Martinez. Was, and, 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 yeah. and Miller was kind of in Miller and out. Miller was kind of coming back. Yeah, he's in and out because he's he's been hurt. Um, so we're going to Long Beach that weekend. We have a practice, and Coach Horton calls us up. And says, hey, we're going to change the rotation. We're going to go Martinez, Ricky, Windsor. Because we're going to face Weaver. And, you know, we're kind of, we're expecting kind of that loss. And so we were like, kind of like, wait a minute. So they break, we break off. We start stretching. And it was the quietest stretch I've ever been a part of. We start looking around. PJ's looking at me. I'm looking at PJ, Danny, Red. And then finally somebody says, like, what the fuck, man? Like, 
why are they changing the rotation? We've gotten to this point. We haven't been afraid of anybody. Why are we changing the rotation? So we have a shitty practice. Coach notices it, calls us up, and says, I just feel like it didn't sit right. Like, what's going on, guys? PJ is one of the team captains, and he speaks up and says, Coach, let's leave the rotation the way it is. Why are we going to change stuff now? And he's like, looks around. He's like, does everyone agree with it? And we're like, yeah. Like, it's it's Windsor, me, and, and Mikey. Like, let's just go. Let's, 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 we've gotten to this point. Let's, let's just go. We're going to win one game. And I that, now – oh, go ahead. I was, I've always wondered – from your side, right? Because Jason was so like his numbers mm-hmm. are stupid crazy. Mm-hmm. I remember us telling like uh, a couple that I know he was there, and maybe Nick at like at that years and like telling the numbers, and they thought they were fake. Mm-hmm. Well, like no. So is it disrespectful to be Robin to his Batman? Like no. the way you were, but. But is the competitor in you going, I want a piece of, of Weaver's ass that night? You know what? Did I, you want him Friday? <laughs> like, no. Well, I, mean, I, I wasn't scared. I was, I was going to stay on my Saturday slot, but. But would you have wanted him on Friday? I mean, I wouldn't have been scared. Because you were because <laughs> you were, you were going real well yeah, that yeah. year. 14-4 mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. You were, you were holding your own. You've yeah. become that but guy. I think, I think having Windsor ahead of me um, kind of there was not a lot of pressure on me. You know, I, I was kind of allowed to be myself yes. and it was like, I was fine being the Saturday guy. A like, tone was set on Friday. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. And I was like, he sets the tone. I come in, boom, we we're we're going to win two games, two out of three. If, if, if the worst, we, we take the series. Mikey had been pitching well too. I mean, he was coming. Yeah. He's an unsung hero in oh. this team because he was coming off being a hitter. And then next thing you know, they throw him on the mound and he, what he was able to do was, crazy man like right. he, he really he he nobody ever talks about him but he deserves a lot of credit because of what he was able to do on Absolutely. that mound as coming from transitioning from an offensive player into the the pitching world so and he was my roommate and we had a lot of talks having him as a mentor and and being able to be on the road with the with the with the guy that had been there that was his fifth year i was saying he was a five-year guy at yeah. that point so yeah so he was like him and i would have talks and that i feel like that put me at ease and i was like all right like I, i'm fine like i don't think i ever viewed it as like oh like i'm playing robin to 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 jason it was more just like we're the best one two punch in the country and we're ready to kick anybody's ass we know we're good when when we got on that road we were right. like we who cares who you throw at us and and, and if we get to where we want to where we want to get to we're gonna have to face tough teams and 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 so yeah so that that so the so coach hoarding we we change his mind that weekend and we say hey keep the same rotation and again we mentioned that game friday night we're down one nothing two outs in the bottom of the ninth uh brett pill hits a double down the line to the right field side ronnie prettyman i still remember vividly you know he gets a jam shot knock we tie the game one one take the lead in the 10th jason windsor goes 10 innings we win the game that's that's what we needed (laughs) now i'm shooting that from the first base side Mm -hmm. so i've got long beach right there Mm -hmm. because i'm shooting into to see if their celebration you guys are going to come flying out like you Mm -hmm. did and i'm watching weaver chew on anything metal wood (laughs) balls (laughs) neil's leg he's just going bonkers watching this Mm -hmm. unfold in front of him Mm -hmm. i mean as a competitor that's just gotta eat you up when oh you're, yeah when you're oh, sitting yeah. there oh yeah it, 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 it i'm sure yeah and and jared was as competitive as a guy oh my god he, yes he, he was a guy that you just 
he was that kill he, bill siren goes off oh, yeah. in his head when you still oh, yeah. mention it he was a bad mofo on that mound like he was just <laughs> so intense and i got a chance to spend some time with him obviously we we played against each other in the mm-hmm. big leagues and we were in the all-star game together and stuff like that so yeah i mean it, it, it's amazing it, it, that game to me and that kind of we just kept it rolling that week. Right. So we, then, we, we sweep. I know. So when you come out Saturday, see, that's what everybody forgets. We only needed one, mm-hmm. but we swept. Yeah. I mean, Well, once was, we won one, we're like, let's kick the shit out of it. But, uh, I mean, Long Beach is forever going to be the rival that we want to beat no matter what. Right. You can be having a shitty season. Just win those three. Just win those three or six games because they go three and three. Right. But, yeah, I mean, that was that was it. And, and, and But again, for you to come out on Saturday, was there less pressure because you got the win? And now I was you're just, like, I'm going no, to beat him. No, I think I – and that's this is a part that, that Ken Revisa did really good. Like, we're not going to let up. And I, I'm in killer instinct mode. Like, we won one, but no, I want more. You know, and, and that's kind of – and Cesar Ramos and I had a special relationship to this day. We still do. We're still great friends that I wanted to beat him. And he wanted to beat me. You know, so so we had that kind of going. And, and, again, it's it's – Long Beach Fullerton games, um, you know, you get those. I, I always say it, and and my parents always say, remember how full those stadiums would be every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing to watch. So, yeah, I think once once you want we we won one game, it was like, all right, we're in total killer instinct mode. We're we're now we're rolling. Now we're going into the into the playoffs hot, and 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 here we go. Yeah, I run into Caesar in Bo- in Boston, mm-hmm. and uh, we got to talk, and I hadn't seen him in forever. And he goes, "Man, he goes, I had no idea those were the, those years were the best times of my life." He goes, "Those 100% games right. against Fullerton." He goes, "I don't care if it's Boston Yankees, you know, Dodgers Giants." He goes, "We had no clue if somebody told me if I could put this in a Groundhog's Day." He goes, "I would have been absolutely happy." One hundred percent right. I uh, some of the best moments of my life was going to battle against those guys. And yeah. again, seeing the, the amount of talent that was on those rotations. You take those two teams? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh! yeah. And then not to mention the, the talent that was behind the pitchers, you know? Yeah. Too low. Longoria. Longoria didn't come to yeah, 2000, was, yeah. 2005, but still Tulo itself was a, a wrecking machine for yes. that team. Yes. And I remember in 04 when we won it, Cal State Long Beach, I think, came one game away from going to the World Series. Yes. We were actually rooting for them. Like, we were like, all right, we, for us, it was like to have two Big West teams in the College World Series and they're on different brackets. How sweet would it be if it was those two schools facing for the, for the national championship? But we, we always had like the whole, like, why does the SEC get so much love during that time? During right. that time. Obviously, now times have changed. The SEC dominates. But I always say, you bring any SEC team to us when I was in, when we were in school, they ain't beating us because no. we could pitch with the best of them. Yeah. And, and, and it showed game one in the College World Series. South Carolina's coming in with the big boppers, Landon Powell and uh, Steve Tollison. I still remember some of the names. <laughs> uh, 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 Steve Pierce, who had yeah. a great uh, – he's a hero in, in Boston for winning the World Series. And here comes Jason Windsor and just completely – dominates and we're like okay and then next thing you know we got miami i have miami game two I, like i said all these these memories will never go away i get game two miami's coming in as the number one team in the country ryan braun and 
and they have so much talent and they're the favorite. Cesar Carrillo's never lost a game. And I come in, boom, complete game. And how was that for you in that oh, in play? Man. You you are I can't tell you how blessed you were to actually pitch in that old Rosenblatt Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Somebody asked me yesterday, what's the best I was at the park with my kids and, and somebody recognized me and they're like, um, what was the best college stadium you ever played with? And he's, and he's like, it can't be Rosenblatt, can it? And I'm like, are you kidding? He's like, oh, it's kind of a dump. And I'm like, not for the College World Series, it wasn't. No. You know, maybe AAA guys thought it was right. a dump. <laughs> but during that time, and you know, Matt, it, there was no better. That was the pinnacle of it all. Oh, Ricky, there was no place I wanted to be in June. And, and, and not only that, not only what went on in that stadium, what went outside the stadium. Yes. And I got to experience that as a freshman. I wasn't pitching a lot. No. And, and Did so you even pitch in 03? I, I came in after Derek Merrill gave up the home run. Ah, I came yes. in. That's the only time I came in. And and obviously, that was, we had gotten the wind knocked out of us there. And right. I came in and did what I had to do. Anyways, but that that time, I kind of got to walk outside the stadium with my dad. We kind of shared that moment. He went by himself. My mom didn't get to go that year. So we kind of walked around. I was like, wow, it really is a party out here. Yeah. And, and, and it's It's crazy. Mardi Gras with yeah. a baseball game. Yes. One hundred percent. You that you hit it right on the on the money right there. That's what it is. The and way the LSU fans bring mm-hmm. out stuff and Texas and the flamingos and mm-hmm. the whole thing—it's mm-hmm. the best thing. So I, it, you know what? And part of me, I was like, oh, I would have loved to pitch more, but I got to soak it all in, and I knew what to expect. And 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 those words that Co- uh, the coach Vanderhook told us, like, hey, remember that picture. Remember that you don't ever want to be on that end of it. And. And sure enough, we find ourselves back there. Again, Windsor does what he has to do against South Carolina. I take care of Miami uh, with the help of the, the offense, obviously. Um, we have we get off to a hot start. And again, it's like third game, we lose. And it's like, uh-oh, here we go again. Like, I was going to add, that's what I want to <laughs> ask you. Did your butt pucker, did you get the flashbacks of 03? Like, oh, God. You know what happened? Um, again, Ken Revisa was on our team. Yeah. And... And I remember we go back to the, to the hotel. You 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 are, you were obviously there, so I'm yeah. sure you remember this. And we he sat in a, like right after the game. Everyone's mad because we're close to going to the national championship. And he talked to us and said, "Whenever you guys are ready to take off this uniform, take it off. Take your time." He this is after he talked to us about what he needed to talk to us. So we sat there. And you can see guys kind of sitting there still mad, like not taking. And then little by little, guys are like, when, whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready, you take off the uniform. And we didn't have a starter for that game forward. Obviously, we couldn't right. use Windsor right because he had just pitched two days before. So who did we turn to? Scott Sarver, who was another unsung hero on <laughs> that rota- rotation. That game he pitched was magical. 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 And he did it in the in the, in the the Super Regionals against Pepperdine. Right. Remember that? Yeah. It was the first game. Yeah, we lose the first lose game. Lose the first game. We win the second one, and then the third one. Because that was the old-time schedule. You had to play two in a day because it was doubleheaders was, on a Saturday. It wasn't it, Was it wasn't the Super Regional. It was a regional. 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 Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it was a regional. Which was we brutal. Win the, we win game one against San Diego because Windsor throws. I think he, we win like one nothing or 2 to one Then I pitch, and I think we lose, and then we had to beat Pepperdine twice. That's what it was. Right. And and so we get through the third the third game we destroyed them or it, I think it was close, 
the fourth game, I remember we walked in, and this is all like the mind games that our coaches would play with us. We walked in for that game four. I feel like we're all over the place right now, man. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's all coming back. Right. Now. I'm flooding your memories. Yeah. of like, oh, my God. And I remember we before, before the game started, the coaches talked to us, and Coach Serrano said, when we walked into the stadium for this game four, you see all of, uh, all of Pepperdine looking at us. They're scared. We got them right where we want to. And sure enough, uh, um, Jason Windsor, I think, starts that game, and, and the rest was history. We, we destroyed them that fourth game and on to Super Regionals where we, do, we did what we had to do. Uh, I think we beat Tulane, right? Yep. Yeah. And I, I, the Tulane game, I mean, I'll never forget Clark Hardman and that throw he made from center field. <laughs> it's another guy, true freshman coming in, doing what he did in center field. God, that kid had a can. Oh, my goodness. And he had so much talent. Like, again, to be able to come in as a true – people don't realize to come in, be able to come in and play as a true freshman and him do what he did, amazing. Yeah. You know who's – who I really, my heart always feels for him because I had, a, I did a story with him in high school, Joe Turgeon. He was on your team. Like mm-hmm. people don't understand. You could be like all CIF, all section Gatorade, whatever. And then you go to Fullerton and you look around and he's see all CIF and he was player of the year. And like Joe was player of the year. He won all these awards at Eldorado and he comes to Fullerton and everybody else does too. Like it's the talent pool at Fullerton at that time was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. That's what was overwhelming for me at the beginning. I was like, wow, now you're getting the best of the best. And Joe, tremendous teammate, tremendous person, and a guy that just... He's the only person I took a picture with after the championship. Really? Yeah. Wow. In the dugout. Because I had followed him in high school, and he was this absolute stud. Yeah. And I just watched him constantly grind those years. He's a leader, man. And he never quit. Yeah. He never gave up. And there's a reason why he's doing what he's doing right now. Yeah. And um, I'm... I still talk to him all the time. He's and it was chaos him. afterwards, yeah. right? Everybody's running yeah. around like bonkers, and yeah. you're hugging everybody, yeah. and strangers, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe sat there in the dugout for the longest time by himself, just watching it all happen. Yeah, it no, was it's, so it's crazy. beautiful it's, to watch. It's crazy. And again, yeah, we 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 end up going into the national championship, and who do we have to face? The the, the mighty of them all, University of Texas, and Augie Garrido, and the history behind him, oh. and Coach Horton, and. I'm sure they both got sick of talking about it that whole week. <laughs> yeah. And sure enough, I, I still tell Coach, we talk about this all the time. He told us, you know what we're going to do when we when we have that press conference? He told me and Windsor and Zook, we're going to hype these guys up like they're the greatest thing ever, ever. But when game time comes, we're going to knock them right in their fucking ass. That's what he said. And I was like, all right. So, yeah, sure enough, we stand in front of the mic. These guys are good. You know, it's going to be tough. Like, obviously, we went to Texas, and they they, they dominated us. And we, we're like, just happy to up. be here, Jordan. Yeah. Happy go But lucky. behind closed doors, we're like, this is the matchup we want. Now, was that – did you start to play the, the, the matchup game in your head? Like, oh, my God, if things go down this way, I'm starting game one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I knew it. I mean, I, I once Windsor went into that How'd game. you sleep that night? Great. Ken Revisa woke me up though. <laughs> he called I'd me. I give my arm to have Ken Revisa. Uh, oh on my a god, me too, man. I would love to have him here sitting, and oh, we we god. would both be telling stories. But yeah, he called. We'd my have room. to order dinner. It was like it would be a long <laughs> yeah. podcast. I know. Seven a.m., eight a.m. He calls my. He's like, "Hey, it's the national championship," and his whole thing was try harder, 
remember, you have to add a little bit more MPHs to that fastball. Hey, make sure you try harder. Hangs up. I go back to sleep. Calls me again. Hey, this is the Curtis Thickpin was our big, big guy that year. And he's like, this is Curtis Thickpin. I'm just going to let you know that I'm going to take your ass deep. Hangs up the phone. All morning, he played those games with me, which I feel like, you know, we had responses for it and, and everything. And, and sure enough, like, it helped me kind of stay in the moment, calm down. Again, having him on our side, being able to slow the game down, having a focal point and, and stepping off the mound, make sure you're on that mound and you're ready and committed to the pitch. That guided me through it all. And the best part was having my mom and dad in the stands, making that trip from East Los Angeles with along with my uh, with my uh, little brother and my little sister. I don't think my older sister was able to make it, but... She was watching on ESPN. Yeah, or I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think she didn't make it. I don't. I can't. For, I can't remember why. Did you ever take a peek and try to find them in the stands? Rosenblatt's so big, man. I know. And I know. But no, no, I didn't. I mean, I was so focused at the time that it was like the way I saw it during that time was like I've worked so hard for this moment, and I'm here finally. Like I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it for the kids of East LA. I'm doing it for those kids that say like a lot of people told me it wasn't possible. I got picked on for, for, for doing the extra work and for doing this or trying to, you're, you're kissing the coach's ass and now not in college, but in high school. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, all that work, it's finally here. I get to start game one. I get to set the tone and, and we're two wins away from the national championship. But again, it goes back to what Kenny is saying, pitch to pitch, Ricky stick pitch to pitch, have your routine ready. I learned about routine that's why when I got to the big leagues routine was easy for me. Um, and, and, uh, there's certain adjustments that go along with it, but I was able to make them quick. Right. And, uh, yeah, man, it, it, that game still like, you know, Danny hitting that, that ball off of Houston street, um, goes off a Carson Kiner's uh, glove and we take the lead. And next thing you know, we get another unsung hero. Vinny Pistano comes in and shuts the door. Um, did he freshman? Did he shut the door? Was he the close? Did he get the last out? I'd have to look, but I think so. I think he, I remember he came in after me, and then it was, I think, actually, we might have just played it by ear. But once we won that first game, it was like, okay, now we got the top dog coming up tomorrow. And, and, and once, I feel like we needed to get that win in order for Windsor to come in and do what he had to do. And the rest is history. What he did was special, man. I still... Like you said, it was chaos. Once we won that, once that ball goes up, and I remember where I was sitting and and seeing that ball go up and Bobby Andrews. Are you charting? No. Okay. No, I don't think I was. It was uh, so Mike you, Martinez. Mar- okay, Mike, he Mike was, is. He yeah, because he's next. He's next. So then what are you doing at that time? I had a towel, I believe, over my neck, and I'm sitting there. And I'm are you on, on the rail? No. I don't, they didn't have rails. Did they? They didn't? No. I didn't have rails. I think it at was that still time open. there wasn't rails. It was still it, open, open. I think it was still open. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, because everyone just ran out, and I, I was sitting in the in the in the on the bench, and I was sitting on the top part, and I was like, and I look around, and I was like, oh my god, we're one out away. We're one out away. Holy smokes! Like, just please finish this game already. <laughs> Ball goes up, and like you said, it was chaos. Like you kind of black out, and you just. You're out there with your brothers, and, 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 and to be able to experience that moment, it's like you're crying, but you're laughing at the same time. It's like, 
for me it was like I was like screaming so loud. It's like you're you almost have tears, but you're like laughing. And I remember there's a I think you have the picture. I like jump into like um into Windsor's arms, and we're like we did it, man. Like we freaking did it. Like this is it. Like we did it. And 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 what a special moment to be able to share with all those guys. It's it's just it's it's a it's a bond that that'll never break and 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 that was a special group man it was it was have kurt suzuki the most clutch hitter at the time in college coming in comes in and gets a big hit um sam lecure is dealing for university of texas i'm good friends with him so we've gotten a chance to talk about that game uh so yeah everything about houston it, street was the he, man at that houston, time houston street he comes was in man. he's locking doors mm-hmm. jay brent cox was yeah. another guy uh, Drew Stubbs is their stud center fielder. So, yeah, I mean, it was. When you, you were obviously there in the moment, and you look back at it now and you look at Windsor's performance, do you do you draw on that and go, God almighty, that was unbelievable. That yeah. game where he just, yeah. he was 75% of himself and still willed, mm-hmm. willed himself. Yeah. I, I would take his 75% over anybody's 100%. Yeah. Why? Because. I mean, he's he's said it many times. Like his first couple of throws, he knew he just didn't have his the movement yeah. he normally had. Yeah. And he, but again, I think a lot of it it was again having Ken Ravizza on our side and just being like, "Hey, we're not nobody has to know that we're going to go out there and we're going to compete." And and I tell you what, man, that guy had he, he he was huge that year. He he, what he did is amazing. His numbers are amazing and. There should be a statue of him right there, you know? <laughs> well, it should be the two of you hugging. I have a photo. Yeah. I'll give it to the guy and dip that baby in yeah. bronze. I still, you know what's funny? I still have a photo. I, I, I believe you're, yeah, you're the one that took it because I think I bought it off the website. Um, my mom has it in her office and it's me holding the national trophy up. Yeah. And and that's special, you know, and just because, again, an East LA kid to be able to accomplish this at that moment, it was, I mean, how do you how do you top that moment? Now you've referenced it a, a lot. The the East LA kid is that always something that kind of harbored oh, yeah. on you? Like oh my god, to get out of here, it, it's so difficult because of the gang lives. Like one part of the street is one gang, and mm-hmm. one part of the street's another. I'm just trying to get to school, mm-hmm. or I want to go to the market. Like you wear East LA with pride, but it it always is kind of an anchor to so many people. Oh yeah, I mean it's Salazar Park. That's where I like made myself and that's where i remember i would go run would go play catch but me and my dad spent a lot of time there you know we still have our old east la house and i the times i get to go back i still remember that driveway where you used to play catch and throw bullpens and and do all that stuff it's just molded me into the the player that i wanted to be and 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 again my 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 dad and 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 my mom have a lot to do with the work ethic that that i was able to develop and and my dad saw the the talent in me at an early age, we didn't know where it would take us, but we knew that uh, there was talent there. And, and obviously, I didn't see it, but he always made sure that he was taking care of me and taking care of my arm and making sure there was things were being ran smoothly when I wasn't playing for him. So, um, so yeah, so all, East L.A., like I said, that's why it, it, it's special. It always will be. Um, um, you know, it's a reason why I've gone back and I've hosted camps there, and, and I want to be an inspiration. Uh, more than anything, and that's there's a reason why I went back to the alumni game. I just want to be an inspiration for those kids. To this day, I mean, and I don't like talking about myself, but I'm the only kid out of that area that's ever made it to the big leagues. Really? Yeah. 
um, Nori Ramirez is from East LA, right? But he's not from the that you know, that Garth, group, the, Garth, that, uh, yeah. the LA City section. Um, so to me, that's that I carry that with pride. Um, you know, who uh, we're gonna jump ahead, but it uh, it's something I and I saw like last night. I hadn't seen it in a while. Was the black and white Nike commercial? Was mm-hmm. that your idea or theirs pitching it to you to do that in East LA? They wanted to do something in East LA, and I said I got the park that I want to do it at, and they said okay, and that was it. It's great. Yeah, I it's lo- awesome. I love that commercial. I, it's, it's it's you and your dad in mm-hmm. there, and the dog, and the park, and the food truck, and you know, it's just yeah. you. It's, and it's funny that food truck that guy started. Right next door to where I grew up in a little taco stand. He used to sell them for like 50 cents. And that's where he started. And I remember. And so when I got a chance to shoot the commercial, they're like, hey, what else do you have for us? I was like, well, I do have the best tacos in town. And now he's obviously his his taco stands or trucks now are all over. All, Who is all, it? Uh, it's called Tacos El Huero. Okay. And they're on Atlantic. Uh, I believe he's still there. And uh, I follow him on Instagram and we chat every once in a while but i'm like i i still remember when he first started and that's why when i went when we went to shoot for that i was like this is the guy that i want on that video and that's the guy you see kind of yeah like he's making yeah yeah you're making tacos and it's he, over his shoulder yeah 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 that's that's him and uh yeah i mean i just kind of wanted to bring him back to my roots and and i'm glad nike was very very uh instrumental in that part in being allowing me to kind of just dictate the narrative behind it yeah i saw it again last night and it's kind of like oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's dope it's, that kid's great it, it, it's cool it's cool what, what they were able to do that now your junior year you're the man mm-hmm. your friday season's smooth everything's going great kicking ass taking names teams doing good probably once or twice a year when i lecture somebody will ask me what's your best photo or what photo do you have hanging in your office? <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this. That photo of you on Sunday against Arizona state mm-hmm. is the best photo I've ever taken. Like I've got, I've got a player tagging out an umpire that's in the baseball hall of fame. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. I've got pictures in the Smithsonian, I have pictures in the African Museum in the Smithsonian. But the photo of you touching that mound for a split second is the best photo I've ever taken. Because <laughs> it, even though, and people will say, and I'll show it, and they'll be like, but they lost, and then this. And I said, it's because it's real. It's this absolute true moment of watching a young man know at that moment in his life, he's now become a full-fledged professional. Mm-hmm. Like, first stage of his life is over. It's real. I'm going to become, you know, wealthy, beyond mm-hmm. belief. Like, all, everything changes. Yeah. Innocent. I'm, and in that photo, you're literally watching, like, innocent leave and professionalism grow. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you ever knew I was even going to take that or how no. it happened or, but I had a plan win or lose. It was you. Yeah. Because you, you got that win on Friday. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, but as I'm watching this game unfold and I'm thinking, okay, I, I've got to find the man mm-hmm. because that's the picture. It's, it's something when you first saw it, what, what, what did you think? Well, one, 
the, the toughest part was losing to ASU. Yeah. Because, as you know, there was a big history behind all that. Pat Murphy had been wanting to beat us forever. Forever, right. And pretty talented team again at Cal State Fullerton. We were, we were rolling. And to not be able to fulfill that, that, that year with the College Four Series, I was like, I, 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 even if we would have lost in the College Four Series, it would have been like three for three. You right. know, I, I mean, who else can top that with the national championship? So <laughs> when I'd walk to that mound, it was like me saying thank you to Cal State Fullerton. It was paying my respects. Um, to Cal State Fullerton because it's yeah, like you said, I I knew what was ahead of me. I I mean the draft had just happened. I was a six pick overall, and I was just paying my respects it, it, in tears, you know, just kind of sitting there and 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 taking it all in. I didn't want to take the uniform off. I knew it was going to be the last time I wore that uniform, and it, just so many emotions after watching. It had never happened to us where we watched another team celebrate. At Cal State Fullerton, we were the favorites. Um, we, in my three years there, we never went somewhere. We always hosted. So we knew, like, again, you come to Cal State Fullerton, you're going to Omaha. We're good. That's kind of the standard that we set in 03. And to not be able to fulfill that was disappointing. There was disappointment. There was, you know, it was, an emo- it was emotional. It was yeah, it was like I was saying thank you. So many memories happened on that mound for me. Um, it, it started as a as a dream, you know, I, walking through that left field uh, gate and getting kicked out as a young kid to actually being a part of that program and, and, and helping it win, win a national championship in 04. And, yeah, I mean, I didn't know you were going to take that picture. I think I have that picture on my phone saved because, it, 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 again, it's special. It really is. It was. It, it, it was. I was saying goodbye to to Goodwin Field. That was. This was it, and and in tears and everything. I believe I have a towel around my neck because I was crying, and just you know the disappointment. Again, we had never felt that. Other teams had. ASU had plenty right. of times off of us, so that's why they celebrated it like they they won. They like, won the World that Series. Was it. You know that was it. We did it. We finally beat the mighty Titans, and they're the first one to do it at home. Mm-hmm. Yep. And 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 when you when you see you know, I knew it was you know the Justin Turners, the Danny Dorns, the the Blake Davis. Those those are the three guys I I room with my three years. That's right. Blake Davis was and 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 to be able. Just so many thoughts went through my head as, as when I see that picture. It, it's like I knew exactly what I was thinking, you know. And and when you go into that clubhouse after that that moment, and and you say bye to the guys in the clubhouse, and you, it took me a while to get the uniform off. It took me a good, you know, another twenty twenty five minutes, and in tears. Again, that's how much Cal State Fullerton had meant to me, and I wouldn't be the six six pick overall if it wasn't for Cal State Fullerton and and all the coaches that had a great impact on my career to that moment. And I remember walking out and and beyond sad and and the funny part and this is the the kind of uh, attitude my mom has. She's like, why are you crying? You're about to be a millionaire in a week. (laughs) (laughs) I tell this story all the time and everyone starts laughing. They're like, yo, that's something your mom would say. I'm like, yeah. She's like, 
why are you crying? You're about to be a millionaire in a, f- in a few weeks. And I was like, nah, mom, it's not about that. Like, you know, I'm still being right. naive and trying to say the right things. And, and But it goes back to what Caesar said. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you could have been stuck in Groundhog's Day and do it all over again, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. It, you don't realize it's the best time of your life. Yeah, it, it really was. And, and, and that's why I feel like it's, it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you've taken millions and millions of pictures, so it's pretty cool for you to say that that's one of the best pictures you've ever taken because it it was a raw moment. It was, it was not like I, I scripted it, you know? Right, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, I mean, it, you know, you, at the point in my career, you get used to, like, seeing how things unfold, and I knew where I needed to be, and so I literally, like, soft-stocked you, and I just kind of let you do your yeah. thing, and I walked up behind you, and I knew what I wanted the frame to yeah. look like. Now, I could not thank Arizona enough to throw their hats where they did. Yeah. And then Vinny Pastana is out in the outfield wall yeah. and he's touching the wall mm-hmm. and he's the only one. So it's just you and him yeah. and the scoreboard and it's late afternoon. It's I, be- I believe the picture. Let me, let me, let me go. Not that I'm going to go through my whole album, but <laughs> I believe it's in my favorites. Yeah, it is. It, it is like, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, that ran A1 in the register the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's, it's, and so, but people are always so like, oh, it's not like Shaq and Kobe or, you know, Venus Williams or, or, or Tiger Woods pumping his fist. Like, no, like all that is, like, I get that all the time. This is, this has so much more depth. In and it's probably photo. because you had a closer connection to us. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you you were there. You saw a lot of the work. You saw a lot of behind the the the, the behind the scenes. You know, oh, yeah. and, and, and the access that you were able to have. Not a lot of people have that kind no. of access. And again, we were one of the top teams in the country the three years that I was there, and even the fourth year, my class went to Omaha three out of four years. Can you, you know, imagine if you stayed? What it would have been like? <laughs> <laughs> you could have gotten us over the hump. Yeah, and six. yeah. So, so that like all that stuff. Yeah, obviously, I'm sure that has something to do with it. And, and I feel like you and I got to know each other pretty well during those years. And, and again, you, you saw the work that was being put in. Um, it just didn't happen overnight. It and never does. People don't understand that <laughs> there's so much work put in. Yeah. It's, you know, and that's the prep- why I, the preparation is that's right. the people ask me like, what, what, what do you miss most about baseball as being retired? And I, I always say, I miss the camaraderie. I don't miss the preparation. Right, right. And, and, it, and it's true. Like the, the silly bus rides, yeah. <laughs> the, just all that goofy stuff. The waking up to go to the gym and having to run. Like, I, I love working out now, but I know what I have to do to stay in shape. <laughs> I don't have to stay in baseball shape. And, and, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, you that's the, the biggest but, part. But when you were fuller to nothing squeaked or cracked when you were moving no. on stuff. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing. It was yeah I, I had a routine and you had I was no idea how good your body was at 18 <laughs> true i was eating whatever i wanted and yeah now i you gotta hydrate what the hell's water i have yeah. no idea <laughs> yeah now it's like oh i gotta make sure i have you know enough water in a day or my knees will start squeaking <laughs> exactly now i'm full of scars everywhere um <laughs> yeah. from surgeries but no yeah i mean again those moments the again i feel like we can have a podcast about the cal state fullerton years and it would take us you know Oh, 10 yeah. hours. You oh, know, yeah, absolutely. Mike, I've always said my goal is to one day have uh, myself, Danny, and Red, and, and Blake, and sit there now that I have my podcast and be able to just like, just let's, let's talk about 04, yeah. 03, 04, 05, and for you guys, 06. You know, and, and everybody's process to get there. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's and, amazing and those, how different it is. The four of us made, we were roommates and the four of us made the big leagues, which is yeah. crazy. I got to face Red and I got to face Blake. I didn't get to face Danny, but yeah. Yeah. Wait, was it hard to face them? Uh, Red was... Because you had faced them in practice. Yeah. You know, so. And there was intense. Sure. And they were intense in college. Like, I was the only pitcher. They were the position players. So, we would go... Matt, we would go at it at home. Like, at it where we were face-to-face. Like, it would get so intense that we would talk so much shit to each other that we would get like, what? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Like, yeah. that's the kind of intensity it would get in our apartment at times. We would right. almost get in fights. And... And... uh when we got to the big leagues, I feel like it was more special, more than anything. When I got to face Red for the first time, he was in Baltimore. I was in Toronto. I was a rookie. I, I had already spent the full year. He was coming up as a September call-up, and he got a base hit off me. Uh, it cost me a win the last game of the season, I believe. But to be able to experience that moment uh, with how close we were and say after the game, go grab dinner and, and a few beers, it was awesome. Like, this is – we're at the pinnacle of it all now. Like, this is sweet, you know? Like, this is this is what it's all about. And so it wasn't hard because I, I got to face him again in New York, and I got the best of him at that time. So <laughs> he got me once. Uh, but, yeah, obviously his career has, I mean, what he's been able to do has it's amazing. You know, again, a guy that, that kind of bounced around teams and nobody wanted. Sure, he comes, was left. Yeah. The Mets didn't want him. Mm-hmm. So he comes here and, and – He's, you know, it clicks, it works. Yeah. Every, what he's done is amazing. And, and then you get to Blake Davis and yeah, that he, it wasn't hard to get, it was one of those moments I was like, this is, this is sweet. Like we're doing it in the big leagues, you know, and he was with Baltimore. Uh, and then obviously there's Danny who came up with the Diamondbacks and when he got called up, it was probably more emotional than when I got called up because I know the grind that it took him to get up and, and to be, he was the last of the four, right? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah. And and obviously, I wish he would have been there longer. But again, I, I always say, hey, whether it's a day or 10 years, you're a big leaguer forever, no right. matter what. They can't I take don't, that away exactly. from Exactly. So, so when I saw him, it was, it was special. It was special when I saw him on TV and, 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 and for him to experience what he experienced. And it, it was awesome. Again, four roommates, uh, uh, national champions at Fullerton, and, and, and now they're all in the big leagues. It was, it was, it's pretty special. When you get drafted and that change happens, mm-hmm. who I mean, are you sitting there going, my God, like it's over. I'm gone. I'm leaving school. You haven't fit. You haven't graduated. No. You weren't you getting it done in three years. I'm off there. I'm, I'm the sixth pick. I was drafted in the 37th round. Now mm-hmm. I'm the first round six overall. Did that overwhelming pressure come to you? Or were you just like, I was living in the moment. Just happy-go-lucky. Yeah. I can't believe yeah. someone called me. Yeah. Yeah. It was... Because it, I always thought it was so irritating that you guys got drafted while we were still playing. I know. It's kind of weird, right? Cause, right. Uh, yeah. I, it, it's yeah. so distracting. Yeah. I remember, guy, you know, I remember, um, was it 9 or 10, Christian Cologne gets drafted, whatever, like 10th, and Gary Brown's just sitting around waiting. We got a game that night, and, you know, he's looking up at the stands, and his dad's doing this, like nothing yet, nothing... It's so distracting. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I, I, I had one goal in mind right. my junior year. Let's get to Omaha, and we didn't. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I can see how it can be distracting, um, obviously, if you're expecting to get drafted. Because I remember it happened with PJ. 
yeah. his senior year where he was waiting, waiting, waiting. He didn't get a call. And he was stuck between, like, should I come back for my fifth year? Or I wasn't expecting to come back for my fifth year because I thought I was going to get drafted. And then he ends up back at Fullerton. And it turns out to be the greatest year of his of his life because we won a national championship. And he gets finally drafted by the New York Yankees. Hell, he stayed there long enough that he became a coach in the big leagues. Right. You know? So, yeah, it's crazy how things work. And I think that's sometimes the universe telling you, like, hey, slow it down. It's okay. You know, like, and I think we're so quick to want to jump into conclusions and jump like, oh, what's the future like? Stay in the moment, you know, enjoy it. And and it took me a while to understand that. And and I feel like it, it's, it hit me after I was done where I was like, you know what? Stay in the moment and enjoy each day, day by day. We get so caught up in, in wanting to be the best and wanting this and wanting that and putting so much pressure on ourselves. Shoot, yeah, when you come in as a six-pick overall, you're li- like you start reading stuff. Oh, you know, he's going to be the savior of the rotation. He's going to be this and that. And then you get hit in the mouth, and you start struggling in the minors, and now you're a bust and this and that. And, yeah, there's just so it's much. It's amazing how much comes at you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, in double A, kick my ass. And, 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 I, and, I, and that's why I would say there, there's a journey, and there's a story be- behind every big leaguer. It's not just, you know – stuff that just happens overnight and you get to the big leagues and everything's good. No, there's, there's a story behind every single guy. And for me, yeah, everyone's like, Oh, well you were a first rounder. How hard can it be? Well, it's still hard. It's still hard because there's, you look around the league and just because you're a first rounder, doesn't mean you're going to make it to the big leagues. Uh, is it, you know, there's there's hundreds. Yeah. Is it an, is it an easier path? There might be. Yeah. There, there probably is because they've invested so much in you that, uh, that, you know, they're, they're hoping that you are that guy. And so when I struggled in double A, I remember calling my dad. I was like, dad, shoot, I don't know if I could do this anymore. I just keep getting my ass kicked every fifth day. And he's like, you want to come home? All right, we'll find you a job. And I was like, ah, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'll stay here and continue to do what I'm doing and I'll figure it out. And again, it came down to confidence and, and believing in myself. And once I was able to do that, it's like I hit another jet and got to the big leagues. It, I've always thought this. Do you believe, maybe I'm totally off, that if, let's say, you get drafted five or seven, it all really matters on the organizations. Organizations mm-hmm. can make or break mm-hmm. an athlete. Mm-hmm. You're drafted first overall or 29th. Mm-hmm. Do you feel organizations have that kind of either success for an athlete or a damage to an athlete? No, I. you know, I think... The organizations go based on what they're gonna, what their biggest needs are, and and for me, I wasn't, I didn't know anything about Toronto, I didn't know anything about Canada. So when you get drafted by them, you're like, oh, really? <laughs> they're still in the league. Like I was like, wait, what? Where do I have to go? I for, thought they got folded and are not yeah. nationals. No, that's you the get a passport and you got to get this and make sure. I, had, you I was gonna say, hey, you're, you've never been to Canada. I, I had never been to Canada. No. Okay. But I had you, a passport. Been the, been, yeah. I had a passport, but the only reason I had a passport was because that the summer prior I was with Team, Team USA. Team USA. And then they got us passport right. because we had to travel to, to uh, um, Asia, right? Asia, Japan yeah. and Taiwan. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, 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 at the end of the day, yeah, it's nothing but a number, the, the fir- whether you're the first pick or the 29th pick, because you can have a big, as, as big an impact as the 29th pick as you will the first pick, you know, and, and, uh, is it cool to be drafted sixth overall for me? The first pitcher taken in the draft, it's pretty cool. But when you have Tulo behind you and he leads the Rockies in his rookie year to the World Series, 
That's right. <laughs> I'm like, damn, Tulo, like, Jesus, like, you now you're putting really big time pressure on my, on me. But again, know? is that he fell into the right spot? Yeah. They didn't have a shortstop, so they were going to put him in regardless. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, we just I, see what happens. Yeah. And it, that team kind of worked out. Yeah, I think, yeah. And then they, they were, got crushed, but yeah. it worked out. Uh huh. Yeah, right? because, and, and then you could have gotten drafted, and there's five guys sitting in the rotation. Yeah. And then you just kind of wait till you get wait, a shot yeah. in the minor leagues. Yeah, I think it's a pro. Yeah, where 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 you get drafted and what the team's needs are and, and because they- do you think you could have been a September call up that year? Yeah, no, I don't think so. See, like, right, like, <laughs> isn't that crazy that yeah. Cordero did that? Yeah, like yeah. that's bonkers yeah. to think like, oh, now I'm pitching in a game meaning nothing, but I'm still thrown against Baltimore. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, and, and there's plenty of guys. I mean, it takes I, I, maturity. I, I'm sure you read about this, but I remember um, Sports Illustrated coming up with the 05 draftees and the guys that were successful. It was like Justin Upton uh, was doing well, and you had Tulo, and you get Jacoby Ellsbury, you get Clay Buckholz on the cover, and these guys are like successful, like in the big leagues already. And here I am trying to claw my way out of double A because I can't get out of the fifth inning, and I'm like, oh, my. And I see that, and I see our GM at the time have a quote saying, yeah, right now we probably drafted a bust. And I was like, oh, shoot. Well, I haven't heard this one before, you know, coming from Fullerton, and I wasn't expected to start. So I said, all right, what do I need to do to get better? So there I was, like, trying to figure it out, trying to clean it up. This is before video. Like, I'm right, sure now in the not- minor leagues they have video now, and they have everything kind of – where you can watch stuff. So I was, it was all came within, within me and what I needed to do to, to get better and, and the early work. And that played a big part in, 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 in my success. So once I was able to get a double, get out of double A and go into triple A in 08 and finish the season there on a high note, I was like, okay, now was my protection year, uh, whether I would be added to the 40 man or not. Mm-hmm. And obviously I was, you come into spring training and I come into spring training in 09, and again, it's like I struggle at the beginning of spring, and I, and they're giving me every chance to be able to win that rotation spot, and I'm struggling, struggling, struggling. I'm trying to do too much. I, I want to get to the big leagues. I'm so close. And they come in, and they say, hey, uh, the pitching coach is like, they want to send you down. I'm going to try and keep you here an extra week longer. You got to commit to what I'm about to do with you done let's do let's go what is it that i have to do okay you i want you here every day for early work we're gonna get on that mound we're gonna do you know different pitching drills and to get you to learn how to use your body yet all that good stuff so i commit to it and they said we're gonna give you one more start go five innings okay we're gonna give you another one i think i go another five innings okay one more and then I, I, I think we were in Kissimmee playing the Astros and <clears throat> have the bases loaded. I'll never forget this moment. Bases loaded, and I just anchored down, and I freaking get out of the inning. No runs, boom. I think I go another five innings. They're like, okay, one more. We go to Sarasota, Sarasota play the Reds, and I think I go seven innings. And a spring training start, trying to win a job. So then I'm like, whew, like I just got on a hot roll that spring at the end. So then I get called in, and – You've seen it uh, where, where in spring training sometimes they have all the suitcases of all the guys that are going to go into opening day. I, obviously, I don't have one because I'm still on the bubble. And I get called into the office by Cito Gaston and his, and his crew, the, the, the rest of the coaching staff, sit me down. And they're like, hey, just want to let you know you had a great spring. You made some great strides. And I'm expecting the we're going to option you down. He's like, congratulations, you've made the rotation. And I was like, oh, my God, like, holy smokes, like. 
He's like, you want to know what did it to me? When you had bases loaded, no outs, and you freaking battled like a bulldog. And I was like, wow, like that moment, huh? That was all it took. <laughs> so then that's it. That's it. And, and, oh, and God. it's just like I, yeah. And again, baseball is all about confidence and, I, you know, and, 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 and understanding the, the process that it takes. And, um, and I had, I had a chance. I don't know if you've listened to it at, on the Knuckleheads podcast. Derek Jeter was one of the mm-hmm. guests. And it's a great episode with him talking about the preparation. And, and, and I think one of the hosts was like, I don't think I would let my kid play baseball because there's so much failure. And Jeter goes, well, no disrespect to your sport. But this sport is the only sport where you can fail and be a Hall of Famer. And it's so true. Yes. Like, like why wouldn't you want your son playing this right. sport? Like, you the, the one thing I always say, like, we have to teach kids about failure, and it's okay to fail. And, and, and there's no I, – I always hear this, like, oh, kids are so soft nowadays. No, no, they're not. Like, it's us as parents. Like, it falls on us to be able to teach these kids that it's okay to fail. It's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be success. And um, I'm living proof of that. I, I was at the top of the top. I went to the bottom of the bottom. And I continue to climb in college and high, high school, college and the in pro ball in the big leagues. And then I get knocked down again. And and yeah, there's just so much that 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 you reveal reveals you as a person. If you're able to over, overcome that, you can overcome anything. Absolutely. There's nothing worse than when you're coddling these kids and yeah. they don't know failure at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. Like you have to get battle scars. Yeah. Because life is not soft and no. gentle and, you know, you don't always get green lights. Yeah. There's going to be like, times where things are going to go really bad. My, my kid's only six years old, so it's not like I'm, like, yeah, pushing yeah. him. But, like, yesterday we are at the park, and, 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 and I was like, all right, get your bat up. Uh, this is what I want you to do. And I don't give much direction because I just, you're a kid. Yeah, he's six. But he's, like, like throwing the bat. And <laughs> I was like, you know what? I dropped the ball. I dropped my glove, and I said, whenever you're ready, we'll get to work. But as if you're gonna keep acting up, it's cool. We'll pick up the ball. We'll put the bucket. We'll go home. No, we're wasting our time. And he just sat there, looked at me like, "I'm ready." And that's little things like that. Is like, I'm not gonna sit there and, and and baby you through it and be like, "Okay, like you gotta pay attention." No, it's our job as parents to be able to teach them that one. Like if he swings and misses, hey, I love that swing. It, it, there's there's something to that to them saying okay I'll, I'll respond to that like the next one I'm gonna hit it hard so so yeah so um I don't even know where I was going with this but well, it's just the failure it's yeah, just showing it, the kids that it's okay it's okay to fail and 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 and, and it leads to growth mm-hmm. like the kid that's got easy street has no idea mm-hmm. when shit hits the fan like what to do and how to react. Mm-hmm. And and it, and that's what happened to me. I mean, I go through a successful college career. Then when I got hit in the mouth in in, in double A, I didn't know, I didn't know where to look. I was like, oh boy, like this is I <laughs> I I've I haven't experienced it. I my freshman year of college, I was okay. I mean, coming out of the bullpen, my sophomore year, I kill it. My junior year, I kill it. My senior year of high school, I'm one of the best pitchers in in all of high school in Southern California. And so I never really had experienced that kind of failure like that, where it was like, oh man, like every fifth day you're just like grinding and trying to get through five innings and, and, but there was growth in that part. Like everyone's like, Hey, nobody's going to hand it to you, man. Like you, you got to work hard. You got to continue to put in the work and it's, everything's going to turn around. And sure enough, it did. And in that spring training in 09, sure enough, boom, it starts bad. And, and I stuck with it. And, and again, coaches, 
that that mean a lot to you and that you when you're able to put in the work and they respect you they they want to help you and and that's what happened in that year the Brad Orangeburg had no business trying to help me make a team you know because he had Roy Halliday and other guys to take care of right but he he came up to me and I committed to it and 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 the rest was history I made my debut you see it here I mean what's the date uh, April, April 9th, 9th April against 9th the Tigers against the Tigers and Obviously, you you know what that day means. I mean, obviously, in in Angels history, you know that day is was a pretty somber day, and and I remember waking up that morning and hearing the Nick Adenhard uh, uh, news, and 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 I was like, like trying to like I'm making my debut tonight. Like, holy smokes, no way that they just happened, and it happened so close to where I went to school, and. I didn't know John Wilhite was part of that accident at the time. Uh, I get a text message from Red, actually, and he's like, hey, man, good luck in your debut, and Johnny Wilhite is okay. And I was like, this is before, like, I got my uniform on. I'm ready to walk out to make my debut. And I say, say what? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, John Wilhite, dude, he was with Nick Adenhardt last night. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And But I have to, like, dude, I got to talk to you later. Like, yeah, I, right. I got, it's. You know, it's a. It, it was like a twelve thirty game. I think it was a day game. I was like, I gotta, I got. It's like twelve ten, and I gotta head out. Like I'm <laughs> anxious to get out, but I'm like, and then obviously pregame warm ups. They have a moment of silence and all that. And I was like, holy smokes, what just happened? And so there was those kind of emotions, and obviously jitters of making your debut. You look at the lineup. It's Curtis Granderson, Marcus Thames, Maglio, uh, Miggy Cabrera. Carlos Guillen, Brandon Inch, uh, trainer, Ruben Santiago, and and I believe Mike Everett. And you look at that lineup, and I'm like, I get to face freaking Miggy Cabrera, my debut, and Maglio Ordonez, who was big time at yes. the time, and Carlos Guillen. I mean, all, that whole lineup, I look at it, and I'm like, Jesus. Right. Um, so, you, yeah, that moment is surreal. Again, my whole family's there, and, and it's a day game, and... It's a getaway game, and I step foot on that mound, and sure enough, the first thing I do is look up, and I was like, holy smokes, these stadiums are big. Roof is open? It was closed. Okay. It was closed. It's it was still April is still a little yeah, cold. Still cold, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's there's one of those three tiers on this stadium. Three tiers. Big. My leg is like, my right leg is like kind of shaking, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so nervous. Were you getting nervous during the anthem? When, when does the nerve start? I think when I step on that mound. Okay. And you look up. And you start, you, you you realize, like, you're like, I am a big leaguer now. Like, now batting Curtis Granderson, you're like, man, like, these are the guys I was watching on TV. And sure enough, it was like, once you get that first out, you're like, okay, like, this is this is still surreal. And and I think uh, one of the, the best advice I got was from a pitcher, Casey Jansen. He said, the day you stop looking at these guys, is, that's Mingy Cabrera and more as the this is the guy that I need to get out. It's the day it's going to change for you. Once I did that, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm here with these guys. Right. I belong. Right. And, and it, that transition happened quick because I was like, I want to stay here. I want to enjoy this and got my first win out of the, out of the way on my debut. So that was good. And, and yeah. And, and, and again, going to the, that rookie year and, and was pretty decent. How is the universe so just complex where you go to Canada and then fall in love with a Canadian. Yeah. Right. I mean, right? It's, <laughs> it's crazy. It, it, it. And, and not just some waitress at a bar, <laughs> but like an elite athlete, mm-hmm. 
Like, what are the odds of that? Yeah, what are the odds? I don't know. Pretty probably slim right, to none. Olympian. <laughs> she goes to UCLA. Yeah. She's playing for Canada. Like, it's crazy. That's what I always say. Like, you know, because when we met, I was like, "Hey, uh, if you think I'm moving out here," and she's like, "No, no, 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 no." She's like, "I, I went to UCLA. I love everything about California." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And you look at where we live, it's like we're so close to the beach, and it's like it's it's the perfect setting for her. Obviously, she doesn't like the cold very much. And I'm like, how the hell are you Canadian? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's cool, man. Uh, again, it, we met in 2013, and she was doing some TV work. Yeah, because her career's done. Yeah, her career's done for soccer. And uh, actually, 2012 was when we met. And, um, She's doing something for soccer, and and they send her to do a job in 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 in, tr- in spring training, and that's kind of how we met. She did an interview, and and yeah, that's that's how we met, and went out on a date, and kind of didn't talk to each other for a little bit, and then we kind of uh, texted each other, and then kind of built the bond from there, and and yeah, we. But went. it's like the perfect like partner Mm -hmm. where she's gone through like injuries with her knees. So when things were going sideways for you, like she's not just listening to you as a partner. She's like, I understand your pain. Oh, she was, I always say she was comforting. Like how do you find that rock in the universe? 2012, man, it was a tough year for me. It was very tough. Right. And and you meet this angel. Yeah. And (laughs) it was, it was, it was great. Like again, yeah, she would sit there and it wasn't like a, Oh, honey, everything's gonna be okay. She's like, I, Rick, I know exactly where you're going through. Right. You know, and, you need and to put the, the ice back here. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> See, too. Right? I was like, <laughs> I was like, hopefully the one thing we didn't give our kids is our injuries. Hopefully you and I took them for them, and they never have to go through surgeries ever again. Because after we got together, she's like, the World Cup was happening in Canada. She's like, what do you think if I make a comeback and I end my career in Canada? I was like, that's the perfect ending. Let's do it. So she obviously decides to, to make that comeback and first official practice back blows out her knee again. Same one, third time, boom, out, done. And she calls me and I was like, there's no way. Like, wait, let's wait till the doctor. She's like, Ricky, I know what a torn ACL right. feels like. And I was like, damn it. So, yeah, we've, we've had our fair share of injuries. But at the same time, um, even to this day, it, it's fun to sit there and talk to somebody that knows about being an elite athlete. I love getting stories out of her because she hates it. I'm like, talk to me about USA, Canada. I got to have her on the podcast. uh, Oh, you you should. Yeah. And it's fun, man. Like, you know, when, when she gets into it and intense and, and talking about those rivalry matchups and, and playing in the world cups and the Olympics and all that, it's cool listening to those stories. When, when it was getting difficult for you, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's obviously people you can reach out to, but when you have her, you know, was that easy or was that difficult? Because it's at the time. At the time, it was difficult because I wasn't seeing the big picture. Okay, I wasn't. I was more focused on what is it that I need to do um, to get better for my next start, and it's not going well. Uh, I'm coming. I'm coming in with a big contract, and I'm trying to live up to it, and I'm trying to do everything I can. Everyone in the rotation is hurt. I'm trying to be the last man standing. When in reality, I probably should have taking a step back and being like, you know what? Let me take a time to myself. I was trying to play superhero and Mm -hmm. at the end, it it ended up hurting me more than anything else. And, uh, but again, we live and we learn. And, and that's why when I decided to retire, um, I just, I had enough of the, the rehab process and 
I told myself, all right, when I got released by the Toronto Blue Jays after 10 years in that organization, I go to the Giants, which was awkward itself. I get invited to camp. You see a black and orange jersey hanging in your locker room with Romero in the back. You're like, wow, I'm, I'm going to piss off some family members. <laughs> 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 to this, this day, is- my dad, it's crazy because my dad always wears the gear that I give him. He still wears the San Francisco Giants hat. Every once in a while, I'm like, dude, dad, you're going to get beat up. No, don't, like, I don't need you getting beat up. He's like, I don't care. You played there. Like, <laughs> they gave you a chance. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, but some enough. knuckleheads not going to yeah. know that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, so that was cool. Uh, being able to be in spring training um, and having the great Bruce Bochy as your manager for spring. Um, being surrounded by greatness in, in Buster Posey, Madison Bumgarner. Hunter Pence, Brandon Crawford, you name it. Uh, you know, when you walk into the clubhouse, there's Willie Mays sitting in the clubhouse every single day. Um, you get, like, you know, Orlando Cepeda coming in. You get, uh, you know, just Gaylord Perry, you know, talking to you and all this stuff. Will Clark is in there, and I'm like, whoa, this is cool, you know. Blue Jays, um, a lot of the guys, they didn't have that kind of, like, No, they like, don't have teams from the 50s and 60s. Exactly. Right. So, so, you know, Willie Mays, I mean, considered the greatest ball player of all time. So when when you when I went there, I was like, they were, I mean, coming off all those successful years where they won three World Series. Yeah, ten. Sergio 12, 14, Romo, right, yeah. who's a great friend of mine, um, took me under his wing there. But when these guys, when Bruce Bochy got up there and gave the first team meeting, it was more about like, hey, picture yourself uh, holding that trophy in the parade. And I was like, whoa, this is the way they think here. Like, this is a completely different mindset. In Toronto at the time, we were like, let's get to the playoffs. Like, you know, obviously the goal is always to win a World Series, but these guys had already done it. It was like, picture yeah, yourself. Yeah, times, right? Yeah. Hunter Pence got up there, and he's like, picture yourself in that parade, boys. And I was like, oh, man. I wasn't health, completely healthy. I got I got a, a decent shot, but I just didn't show enough, and, and I understood. And, and from there, I just kind of, you know, I came back the following year. Um, it still hurt. It, was it something that was just – it? Did it need major surgery to get better, or was it just gonna? It was not gonna get better. No, I think I, I think it, it was supposed to get better, um, but um, I feel like my body wasn't responding well to the surgeries. It, it was the knees. Obviously, I got those done in Toronto. I finally got over the hump a little bit on them, and then my elbow gave out. Um, I tore my flexor tendon, and I feel like that never really fully recovered. Um, it just kept hurting and hurting. And was hurting. the elbow because you're landing or compensating on the knee? I think so. Yeah, it was okay. all compensation. and Because that was how Greenlee would tell me. He mm-hmm. broke, he, he's got Tommy John. Yeah. It's like, you're, and then you spend the rest of your career trying to like yeah. do something different yep. and move yep. your shoulder. And, and that's what it was. And, and so then I, uh, you know, I said, all right, I got released by the Giants. That was a blow itself. Again, you don't never want to be fired from your job. Yeah. And um, nobody called. So I said, you know what? Screw it! I'm gonna go play in Mexico, where my dad, where my mom is from, Tijuana. Right. Yeah. You get to live in San Diego. Everything I had heard, it was like you get to live in San Diego. You cross the border every day to go play baseball and come back home. We had Sebastian as a as a baby, as a young, probably like two years old. Um, and I just remember hearing that you were playing at Tijuana. Yeah. It's like, and it was no, he's not. Yeah. It was. <laughs> if you, I'm telling you, if you ever get a chance to go watch a ball game there, do it. It's awesome. It's amazing. I've seen it in Mexicali. Okay. Because they, oh, had, okay, they yeah. had the uh, World Baseball Championship. Okay. There. So you have seen it. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh. Well, the, the Toros games are amazing. And again, I come in um, and I'm not pitching a lot. And I'm kind of sitting there like, okay, what's going on? I, you know, I, I want to compete. I want to get, I want to be able to pitch. 
And I come in in the middle of the season, so it's kind of hard, you know, obviously to come in and just take somebody's spot. So I stick around for like two, three months, and I realize I'm not pitching. I looked at one point, uh, I looked at a series. We had a three-game series against Monterrey, and we clinched to go to the playoffs. And I look around, and I'm like, oh, shoot, like I'm the only one that hasn't pitched this 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 uh homestand this, this homestand yeah and i was like all right i like without hesitation i walk games over everyone's celebrating and i was like i'm not gonna celebrate something that i really wasn't a part of like it just doesn't feel right so i like clean out my locker i pack my bag cross the border get in my car and drive home and i said i'm done and that was it and i came home my wife is here at the house uh uh, she has everything locked down. So I like knock on the door and I was like, let me in. And she's like, Oh my God. She's like, you scared me. She's like, what happened? <laughs> I was like, let's just go to sleep. I'll talk to you in the morning. And, and she wakes up and she's like, well, I support anything you do. Like if you're, if you, if your heart truly thinks you're done then you're done and you have a lot to be proud of. And I was like, yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah. Still mad. And kind of so many emotions going through you that drive from San Diego to, to here in the middle of the night, <clears throat> it was like one in the morning, 12, maybe midnight. It like so many thoughts happen at that moment. You know, you, it's a, it's not that long of a drive, but it's still long enough to be able to gather some thoughts for about an hour and a half, two hours. And I just sat there and, and I was driving and I was like, all right, um, did I have, a f- did I fail? You know, that that's the first thing Did I fail at this career or did I not do everything I needed to do? And I was like, no, I, I did, I did, I did. And so you're asking yourself all these questions back and forth. You're ta- I was talking to myself the whole time. In the car, yeah. In the car, so, yeah. yeah. And so then I come home, and then I kind of get the itch again. Sure enough, I'm like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get ready to it's see It's like a drug. You just couldn't <laughs> put it away. <laughs> yeah. So I start throwing. I'm like, mom, feels good. Beto Duran is my throwing partner because everyone's gone. <laughs> I'm spring training. So I, my agent finally says, hey, there's a tryout in Arizona if you want to go. So, you know what? I'll go. And I throw for these teams, and nobody signs me. And I said, I'm done. This is it. And that was it. That was the last time I threw in front of teams and, and stuff like that. That was, that, that was my calling, saying, okay, I, I've done everything I needed to do. And that's when I, that um, offseason I wrote that letter and, and, and that retirement letter. Not that I had to do that, but I felt like it was the right thing to do. And Did it feel good writing it? It did. It did. It did. I remember writing it. Feels it feels very raw. Very mm-hmm. like There's a lot of yeah. life in it. It's not just a thank you very much for you know, yeah. the opportunity. There's a lot in there. I think because, again, who I was, the odds were already against me. And to have been able to accomplish what I accomplished was I was beyond proud of myself. And I took that whole week. When I, when I announced it and I, we came back home from Toronto because I announced it while we were in Toronto. It was like New Year's Eve and my wife was pregnant with our second kid. And I reflected and I that's when it hit me that I was like, man, like everything I was able to accomplish, I wouldn't take it back. Like it, I, I did everything I needed to do and I did it for four years. Anybody would do anything to spend one day in the big leagues. And I got to do it for uh, four and a half years. Um, and I was an all-star, um, and nobody's going to be able to take that away from me. And again, if I've inspired some kids from my area, then I've done my job. And, uh, that's when I had the chance to kind of, like I said, like the universe staying in the moment and, and realizing the, the, the stuff that I had accomplished. You know, 
it's an unbelievable journey. Like you said it, like you wouldn't change a thing. If it would have been smooth and you had like an 18 year career and all like that's one thing mm-hmm. and jumping around or being or worse, a journeyman every mm-hmm. year, half mm-hmm. year, you're another team. But the way it worked out for you, right place, right time, you you're, you find this beautiful wife mm-hmm. and you, everything works out and you got beautiful kids. Like how, I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. No, it you really know, you is. You get through it all really, the things. It really it's is. really, I mean, God, you're, yeah. you know, you're, you're in a good spot. Yeah. No, it, it really was. And, and, and does everyone want to have a, like you said, eighteen year career. Of course, yeah, you wanna you wanna get to that to that point. But at the same time, not every story has a great ending, right? And 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 I say in that letter, I'm just happy I had a story, and right. I have a story to tell. I mean, look at this. What just happened yesterday with with Giambi? Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you never know how that, things turn out. Exactly, exactly. You know? and that's that's why I like my 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 kids are my life now, and. The routine that I'm in now, whether where is like I wake up, make breakfast, get them ready for school. I have that luxury. I, I think I mentioned to one of my good friends the other day. I was like, "Man, I, I need I need a job." And he's like, "Are you kidding me?" He's like, "I want your life, man. Like where you're golfing and you're getting t- spend time with your kids. Are you kidding me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but I I need something else to fulfill me." He's like, "Enjoy this time." And he's like, "Not a lot of parents get to do what you're doing right now." Right. And it's he's like, "There's some parents that are." eight to five and they're gone for most of the day. And he's like, you get to wake up with your kids, make them breakfast, take them to school, pick them up, put them to sleep, all that good stuff, man. Those are memories that you're going to take forever. And that to me is far greater than any baseball accomplishment I've ever accomplished. So to be able to do that and spend so much time with my kids and seeing them grow, it's, it's cool, man. Can you imagine right now, you, you guys have a nine month old and mm-hmm. you're on the road and you're getting <laughs> ready yeah. and you're in the end of your career. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're jumping from a team to te- and missing all the things you have the last six years with the kids. That'd be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It I mean, I, I never understood when I was with the angels, like watching the guys with kids, like how they did yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it really, it really is. Uh, it's challenging. It, it really is. It, I know it eats up at some guys yeah. you know, to be able to leave their kids and, and stuff like that, and I know some guys. You know, last year with with the with the Blue Jays going from Florida to Buffalo to Toronto, I was like, man, I couldn't imagine if I had my three kids, my wife, and and then being able to bounce back bounce, and forth. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's one thing to be that wears city. on a relationship yeah. for sure. Yeah, and 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 again, I, my my wife and I have such a great relationship. She's my best friend. You know, like we literally have so much fun together, and. Uh, and you guys make beautiful children, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. It, it, credit to her. Credit to her. Um, but yeah, like like I said, we're all, like our kids are like far bigger accomplishment than we've ever accomplished. I mean, what we're able to do with them and spend so much time with them and watching them grow—it's amazing. I mean, little kids are a trip. And, yeah. and, and well, you're busy. Fun. You got your podcast. Yeah. Let's we, go, Ricky th- Rowe. Right. Th- yeah. Let's go, Ricky Rowe, with Beto Luran and Josh Tolley. Yeah, Josh is new to the podcast uh-huh. on it, so you guys are like, experienced. yeah, it, it's it's awesome to be able to do that. It, it gives me my baseball uh, fix for the yeah, week. Yeah, like we we get to we talk. It's it's our show. There's no like restrictions on it or what we. Could, it's good can. banter. Yeah, I like it exactly. It's it's good banter, and when we get to serious serious stuff, I feel like we have such good uh, talks about it. And um, yeah, it, it, if you guys get a chance to check it out, it's called Let's Go Ricky Rowe. It's on Spotify or iTunes. All the platforms. All the platforms. Yeah. yeah. So 
Yeah, I mean that that part has been cool. Being able to talk to to guys that I played with or against, and even guys from the Giants, um, I have good relation. Even though I spent a year and a half there, um, I have good relationships with the people there. Some of the players that were young that are now Logan Webb was freaking in rookie ball when I was there, and he's now leading the charge with the San Francisco Giants. So we had him on too, and you know to see their growth. That's that's the biggest thing. I always said, you know, I, I like being an inspiration for younger kids in East LA, but. Um, I always made sure I, I, I went out of my way to talk to the younger kids in minor league ball when I was a big leaguer and treat everyone with respect. Don't be an asshole, man. That's pretty much what it comes down right. to. The, and, 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 and you know this. I mean, you run into players from all types of <laughs> whether yeah. they're good guys, bad guys, whatever it is. You know, you ran into those type of players. So for me, it was like treat everyone with respect. That's what my mom and my dad would have wanted. And, 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 and that's why I feel like I have, I've been able to build the relationships that I have. And that's why I'm able to go back to Toronto and – and do TV work with them or do... Uh, Are you enjoying that? I love it. I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I do, but I love talking to you. You look good in a suit. Thank you. I was Thank like, you. wow, yeah, no, look it's at cool. Ricky. It's cool. And and obviously... It's so funny because you were so quiet. Yeah. At Fuller That's what like, everyone said, right? Like, <laughs> make sure he gets off the bus because yeah. no one would know. Like, you were yeah. so quiet. And on the podcast, you would never know when I'm watching mm-hmm. you on you know, Toronto. So it's great to see you open up and be... Yeah, no, and... and, and the fact that they've invited me back and, and continue to enjoy the segments that I do. And, and obviously it's a bit different. It's a bit different. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I've adjusted well. And, and to me, the coolest part is being able to text Buck Martinez, a Pat Tabler and, and Dan Showman and be like, Hey, what is it that I need to do? It's, it's like, I'm all, it's like, I'm doing it all over again. Right. What is it that I need to do to get better? Rookie you know, and I'm ball. sitting, I'm sitting there taking notes when I'm talking to them and, and I'm studying stuff and, and listening to games. I, I listen to games differently now. And Bethel's been great help, too. He sits here. We've narrated games with the mute button on. He's talking. I'm talking just to prep me for different things. And and that that all that has helped. And I, I feel like I put in the work. Like, again, I don't like going somewhere unprepared. Prepare yourself. If, if you got if you got a job, prepare so that so that when uh, when the time comes, it's like like being on the mound. Like if you've prepared in the video room and you know what you want to do and you have a game plan, then the game itself means I just got to go and execute. What advice would you give young Ricky the day he walked onto the campus at Cal State Fullerton? Oh, man. <sighs> Stay the course um, and, and, and be confident. Um, I think that's uh, one of the things I, I lacked as a, as a young kid. I wasn't confident. I mean, I, I was, like I said, best pitcher in in the city section, but I didn't know what lie ahead. And, and, and as soon as that confidence came and coach Serrano sitting me down saying, let me see that East LA mentality come out. That's when I was like, okay. So if I could go back, I would, I would tell myself that be confident in who you are. You are the baddest motherfucker that's ever taken this mount. And, and if I would have gone in with that mentality, I'm sure things would have been different, you know, but I, again, it, it happened for a reason because, I was I was young, I was a deer in headlights. I didn't know where to look, um, but yeah, that's the biggest thing: be confident in yourself, be confident in your own shoes, and and take it day by day. Listen to the universe and what it's telling you. 
I started this podcast by saying I'm here with the great pitcher, Ricky Romero. I am here with the great man, Ricky Romero. <laughs> I you. am so proud of you. Thank like, you. To watch you just evolve into this wonderful father. You got a beautiful wife. You're happy. Yeah. It makes me happy that, you know. Oh, like, thank you. We've got thank this you. connection with this photo. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've had, and I feel like every time you and I see each other, it's like we never, we've never missed a beat. You know, it's, it's honestly, you're right. We've known each other for a long time you you weren't just a photographer with us I feel like you were part of the team and everyone always talked to you like you were part of the team and we were just you were there and and it was like the respect level was always there I again I don't for me it's like I I love the respect that I have for everyone that whatever job they're doing it's 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 hey man it it, more you guys made it fun yeah and we we did we did I know yeah we did and and that that whole part of it like I said it's it's I looked forward to baseball because I knew we were winning. (laughs) I had to (laughs) get through some rough basketball and some stuff. So just get me to the baseball season. That's what I always say. And and again, um, um, yeah, the journey has been amazing. And again, I think that baseball ended, but the journey is just starting for me as a father, as a – Honestly, now it really begins. It's the hardest job ever. Yeah. Baseball is going to be easy. I remember Shane Costa and – as we're wrapping it up, Shane Costa told me, hey, remember, man, play till you can't play anymore. We, You think 10 years is a lot, but it's only a short span of your life. When you retire, that's when life begins. So he's like, if you can continue to play, continue to play. If you're done, you're done. But just remember, you have this whole life ahead of you. And that's where I am right now. It's like I have so many things I want to do with my kids and 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 um we have a house in Toronto that we bought and going back up there with them. It's, it's, it's special little things that I want to do with them, travel with them. I'm like, I want to show you guys the world, you know, something I didn't get to do as a kid. Yeah. I did it as a, as an adult playing baseball, but I've never kind of sat down and had a vacation where I can show you guys like in Italy or Paris or like once I get a little older, like that's, those are my goals now, you know, right. like I want to show them, you know, what I, what I didn't have as a young kid. When you see Shane next time, ask him how terrified he was when he was in right field in 2001 in front of all those fans in Nebraska. Oh, I And heard he's about a that. freshman, and they're screaming at him. And yeah. I've got this picture, and he doesn't want to look back. They're all behind him in red, just ready to like climb heard, over the fence. I, everyone still says that's the best atmosphere some of those guys have ever experienced. Oh my in god, a baseball it was game. it was bonkers. Yeah, and I, and I've done every level of mm-hmm. baseball. And I would take the College World Series every year at Old Rosenblatt yeah. than ever before. And, and that's what, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard a lot of people have said that the new Rosenblatt doesn't have that mystique. No. Doesn't have that, that, it's that new. history. Yeah. No. It doesn't smell. Yeah. It's not clamp, cramped yeah. quarters. It has no history. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's special. I mean, Rosenblatt will always. I mean, look, you light up and you're just saying the <laughs> word. It just, yeah, it's just bringing me back, man. And it's, it's, it's cool to be able to. To have left our mark there yeah. and and the way we did it and it, it wouldn't have happened without the the titans of the past you know we always talk about that and and you know the dave bacanis of the world the you know the the guys like the kotzes and nevins you know all those guys had a had a part in 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 building that that program and allowing us to be to get to 04 and, and do what we did i mean it's like a championship that's celebrated by all titans i feel like ricky thank you so much for your thank time thank you you're the best <laughs> thank I'm, you very I'm much glad we were able to do yeah this. me too thank you i know it's been a 
long time coming and we're trying to uh we were trying to figure out the dates and stuff like that and uh but I i'm glad you. we did it i got you we did it we did it thank <laughs> you so man, much ricky. thank you thank you thank you for listening to my conversation with ricky romero you can check out his podcast at let's go ricky row on all major platforms Please click the like button if you enjoyed this episode. Always subscribe as well. Please leave a review if you enjoyed what you heard. And remember to follow the podcast on Instagram. You can find all of our past shows on the website at justagoodconversation.com. Thank you for listening.